0: The Jack Benny Program. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Good evening, friends of the inner sanctum. We offer you Escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, private detective.
1: Fever McGee and Molly. The great Gildersleeve. Radio Theater. In the air.
0: Dedicated to man's imagination. The theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater. A special three-hour presentation with
2: Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, about eight minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater program. 403 in the series. It's July 13th. And you know what, Lisa Wolf?
3: What, Carl? We
2: have classic radio shows all the way until 2 o'clock in the morning. We're going to start things off with Richard Diamond, private detective starring Dick Powell from 1949. Then it's the Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show from 1953. And the Damon Runyon Theater from 1949. That's our lineup. Yeah, Yeah, I'm ready for it. And did you know, uh, whenever you've been on a road trip and didn't know where to stop, well, we have a new sponsor. It's called bestoftheinterstate.com, and Randy Scott, the owner, is on the phone line. What's up, Randy? How are you, buddy? Doing well, Carl. Thanks for having us. I'm here with Meredith as well. Hi, Meredith. How are you? Hi, Carl. Good. How are you? Excellent. Tell us all about bestoftheinterstate.com
4: best of the 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 main goal is to let motorists whether they're an rv car just to know the best destinations of the interstate people are short on time now these days and they can't be spending a 10 mile hike off the interstate in the wrong direction when they could know where the best destination is
2: so if i'm driving to florida which i do oftentimes i'm driving to florida now and i've feel like i want a bed and uh, breakfast type of place you'll all i got to do is go to bestoftheinterstate.com and it'll tell me
4: where to go now there's not there, there's other people out there that do everything better than we do like we <laughs> we oh, <laughs> that that's very well put Carl. Uh, i i uh, when i say that i mean when we say the best we mean uh, we go to businesses and we find family owned businesses privately-owned businesses that are family-owned. People love what they do and, and why they do it. Uh, if you want to know how many restrooms are at an exit, there's other places for that um, that do everything like that. But, but we, we mainly keep destinations close to the best, and we only do the best.
2: All right, so the best places are where you can find them on bestoftheinterstate.com. So uh, just go there, folks. Check it out. Make sure before you go on a road trip, map it out. Go to bestoftheinterstate.com, and you'll find the best places on the interstate. So where are you guys headed to right now?
4: We just pulled into the world's largest truck stop in Walcott, uh, Iowa, to fill up. And the guy next to us just fired up a generator, so I apologize if you can hear that in the background. No, back. no,
2: we can't. We can we, we can hear you perfectly. All right, Perfect. so, yeah,
4: so uh, we we're going to Wyoming, uh, Sheridan, Wyoming, and uh, Carl. I got it. I got a quick joke for you. I don't all know right, you I'm time. ready. I'm ready. I know you know those jokes you do that Lisa pretends to. La- I mean, uh, laughs at. <laughs> he pretends to laugh at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got. I got one. It's puns about radio frequencies should be banned. What is it? Say it again. I was on the well, Let me do another one. That If I have to say it twice, it's not a good one. Uh, that was not I a was good on one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was on the Internet, and I was looking up radio, the history of radio. Right. And the two inventors, there were two people that invented the radio, and I was thinking to myself, they must have been on the same wavelength.
2: All right. Now that one's a little better. I got that one. <laughs> all right listen you guys drive drive safely listen to the wgn radio theater we'll take you up till two o'clock in the morning with richard diamond private detective phil harris and alice Faye, and damon runyon theater i know you guys love classic radio
4: we love it we're gonna be uh, yes we love it
2: all right well everyone check out best of the and there's a banner at our website as well best of we'll talk to you randy thanks and meredith we'll see you soon
4: Thanks. All right. Sounds great. Thanks for everything. Right, right. Take nice care. care. You
2: got it. All right. So it is time uh, for our uh, first commercial break. When we come back, it's Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Stick around. what,
3: Lisa? I was going to mention, we still um, do have our Really Ridiculous segment coming up in the 12 o'clock hour and the 1 o'clock hour, and we're going to be giving away some extra great prizes, so stay tuned for that.
2: Alright, our text in line, 312 981 200 We love getting your texts. It's time now for Richard Diamond, Private Detective, a show created by Blake Edwards of the Pink Panther fame. He directed all the Pink Panther movies. He wrote and created this radio series, the detective series that starred dick powell as uh, crooning detective richard diamond and dick powell whistled the opening theme to these shows every episode started with the whistling of the theme that was actually dick powell doing that let's go back now to a broadcast date of june 19th 1949 this is called the fred sears case here's part one of richard diamond private detective
5: Powell as Richard Diamond,
6: private detective.
0: Hello there. My name's Diamond, and I'm known along the big street as a guy who manages to keep his nose pretty clean and still make a few bucks while I'm doing it. Oh, sure, it gets a little grimy, but you've got to expect that. I'm a shamus, private eye. Gumshoe. To the guy who hasn't ever been worried because he tripped over a corpse in his breakfast nook, I'm known as a private detective. And to some guys, I'm known by a lot of other names. Not the kind you would find in a book on manners and social usages, but there are times when you might turn up on your desk calendar under the heading of what I must do today. Who hires me? How do I make a living? Well, maybe this will give you an idea.
7: Fred, why don't you eat your toast? It's getting cold.
0: Why don't you stop worrying about the temperature of my
1: breakfast? I'm trying to read the paper.
7: Did anyone ever tell you how charming it is to have breakfast with you every morning?
1: Yeah. My ulcers.
7: I'd like to go shopping today. Will you leave me some money? Fred, did you hear me? Mary, I'm reading. Well, stop reading and listen to me for a minute. I need some new summer clothes, and I want to go shopping today.
1: Here. Here's ten bucks. Buy yourself a bathing suit.
7: Oh, that's very funny. Hmm? I need more than ten dollars. I want five hundred.
1: What kind of a bathing suit are you going to buy, Mink? I'm not going to
7: buy a bathing suit. I need some new clothes. Will you put down that paper and listen to me?
1: Well, I see you made Jimmy Cello's column again, my darling. What? What prominent socialite is fighting with her wealthy husband and crying on the shoulder of a big-time playboy after the arguments.
7: Is that... that supposed to be me?
1: Can you remember five minutes in the past five years when we haven't been
7: fighting? Are you accusing me of running around with some playboy? Running around
6: is right. I expect one of you to be the first to do a four-minute mile.
7: How dare you?
0: How
8: dare me, why, you lushed-up little tramp. Tramp? Yeah, tramp. Everybody in town knows you're seeing Lauren Oliver. All right, so I've been seeing him. We're... we're just
9: friends.
1: Well, that kind of friendship is grounds for divorce in this state.
9: Why, you oh, dirty...
1: I'm sick of this whole rotten mess. And I'm going to do something
7: about it. You're going to do something about it? Why, you conceited, pompous. You're going to do something, are you? Well, you better hurry up because I've got some ideas of my own.
10: Uh,
7: yeah? Lauren.
10: Yeah, yeah, Mary? i, I got to talk to you. What time is 10 it? Ten o'clock. Well, it's still in the middle of the night. Call me back, this later. This can't wait.
7: Fred found an item about us in Jimmy Cello's column this morning. He stormed out of here like he was going to kill somebody.
10: Well, you're just the gal who can recognize the symptoms.
7: Well, that's a nasty line. What do you want at
11: ten in the morning, Longfellow? Look, honey, I'll take care of Cello, and if that husband of yours gets out of line, I'll take care of him too.
0: You see what I mean? If things like that didn't happen, I'd be out of business. I'll lay you eight to five that before three o'clock this afternoon, one of those charming people will be walking into my office begging for help. Yeah?
10: Rick?
0: Oh, hello, Helen, baby. Hi. You
12: gonna
7: take me out tonight?
0: Sure, sure. I'll be over later. We'll have a quiet evening. No,
7: no. I want to go dancing tonight. If you don't take me, I'll
10: throw a
0: tantrum. But, baby, I don't have the cash. I'm tapped this week. Well,
7: i Let me take you. Borrow it from
10: Francis. You told me yourself he was
0: good the bench. Yeah, but he's already black and blue from those three lunches at Lindy's. Besides, he's not only your butler, but he's a darn good businessman. He wants security. Well, give it to him. He's already got my badge, my book on the ten best ways to sneak through transoms, complete with illustrations, and my gun. Haven't you got something else? Yeah, but I'm saving the right eye in case of an emergency. Keyholes, you know. Look, honey, let's go take in a quiet movie. Mm -hmm. I want
7: Dressed up and go to a nightclub. It's summer. The flowers are blooming and the
9: fox has left his lair. His what? I've
7: been hibernating all winter and I want to get out into some nice smoke-filled dance
0: floor. Why, Helen. Why, Helen, nothing.
13: Please.
0: Hold it. Someone's knocking at my chamber door. Come in. Mr. Diamond? Yeah, pull up a chair. I'll be right with you. Who is it? I'm afraid to look. I haven't paid the light bill. This is a detective agency, isn't it? You, sir, have just won yourself a new economy home size murder sampler, complete with a matching set of bodies. Me? No. I haven't got time to listen to your bright remarks, Diamond. I want to hire you. What did he say? He doesn't like my bright remarks. You won't even admit they're bright. What
14: else?
0: Oh, no, something about wanting to... Uh... Something
14: about what?
0: Uh, What was that last statement, sir? It sounded rather cozy. I said I wanted to hire you. What? I'll call you later, baby. Bye. Wait, wait a minute. I... Now, uh, Mr. Uh... Sears... Mr. Sears, what can I do for you? I want you to follow my wife. Will I like the view? She's running around with another man. Well, if they're just running around, don't worry about it. It's when they get tired and slow down that things start to pop. There was a veiled article in Jimmy Cello's column this morning about my wife and this man. Yeah, I know Cello. So do I, but I'm not interested in Cello at the moment. What do you want? Enough on your wife so you can get a divorce? Yes. Ah, well, that, that comes kind of high. I don't like cases like this, and I usually turn them down. If you want me to swallow my pride, it'll take a $200 retainer and a hundred a day in expenses. I'll write your check. Oh, oh, just like that, huh? I am quite wealthy. Hmm. That's why I want the divorce, Mr. Diamond. There you are. Yes, sir. There I am. Now, what's the man's name that your wife is uh, seeing? His name is Lorne Oliver. Well, this is turning into a family gathering. You know him? Sure, runs the Monarch Club. That's right. What's your wife's name, and we're going to get a look at her. Mary Sears. You can see her tonight at the store. We'll be there for dinner, 9 o'clock. I'll be there. Oh, uh, incidentally, that uh, comes under the heading of expenses, in case you have a short memory. I have a good memory, Mr. Diamond. You can send me the bill. Oh. Address and phone number? 45 East 65th Street. 45 East 65. Evergreen 41793. E- 41793. Now I've got to be going. Goodbye, Mr. Diamond Uh, Goodbye, Mr. Sears Yeah?
10: What'd you hang up on me
0: for? Uh, Honey, this is because you always give me an argument You never want to go anywhere I'm getting tired of shows and hot dogs I want to go dancing What? And I don't mean Roseland I want to go to the stork I'm a growing boy And I like to see the bright lights And throw my money around But
10: Rick, you... you I'll pick
0: you up at 8.30 And this time, don't wear slacks (laughs)
10: You're an idiot
0: Bye, idiot (laughs) Yes, that's the way it goes, just as I told you. The word private in front of detective means you're married to all the troubles in the world, and that includes everything. So if a guy turns up who's unhappy with his wife, you listen to him howl, and if he's got enough money, you take the job. It's for better or for worse. And until Mr. Sears came in, it was decidedly one-sided. I'd teach cooking to a bunch of headhunters for a fee like the one he'd given me. When I looked at his $200 check, I started getting that big man complex again. So I closed the office and went back to my flat. We'd probably be up late, and Helen always had some extracurricular activities after we'd get back to her place. You know, roasting marshmallows, fast game of canasta, or an exciting round of image on the living room rug. Anyway, I always got home pretty late in the a.m., so I spent the rest of the afternoon taking a nap. At six o'clock, I got up and dressed, and at eight thirty, I picked up Helen. Wow! And at nine o'clock, we were sitting at the Stark Club bar, right on schedule. Rick, when
7: are you going to ask for a table?
0: Well, honey, the drinks come past here. But
7: I want to
0: dance. Oh, no, no, no! Mustn't overdo it, lover. Uh, How do you know? Maybe some mountain climber will ask you on a twenty-mile hike tomorrow. Think of your feet. I
13: am. I want to move them around that dance floor. Oh, Rick, I know
7: you. If you do something. You do it all the way.
0: Yeah, let's
10: make.
7: Oh, now you
0: stop that.
7: You're on a job, and you don't want to go in there because you've got to watch somebody.
0: Well, Helen Asher. How are you, darling? hello, Lauren. How have you been? Oh, couldn't be better. Why
11: don't you ever stop over to my club? I'd like to show you around.
0: She just brought a seeing-eye dog. Oh, hello, Diamond.
7: You two know each other, don't
0: you? Yes. How did we make such a grisly mistake, Oliver? I don't know. I tried taking penicillin for it, but it didn't do much good. Well, it probably helped out in the other things. Why don't you try hanging yourself? (laughs) Well. You always did think you were a pretty funny man, didn't you, Diamond? (laughs) It's easy being a comic. You just find an idiot for an audience. How do you like the performance? Thanks. Pardon me, Helen, but I see some people I know. You'll excuse me, won't you, Diamond? Oh, sure, yes. But the next time you drop around, bring Rick. some airwake, huh?
8: Rick, even if
7: you don't like him, you shouldn't say those things. It's liable to start a fight.
0: Oh, uh, he wouldn't take a swing at a midget if he was riding an elephant.
7: I wonder who his friends are. They don't seem to be too glad to see him.
0: That name's Sears.
7: Is that who you're watching?
0: Yeah, the wife.
13: I don't know whether I approve or not. She's very attractive.
0: Isn't she, though?
13: Rick!
0: This is business, baby. Business. I'm only drooling because I haven't had anything to eat since this morning.
7: Well, then let's get a table. Oh, you've seen her. You've observed what she's doing. Now, let's get something to eat.
0: Oh, uh, wait a minute. Here comes somebody else I know. Hello, Where? Charlie? Standing at the check room. The little man? Yeah, here he comes. Who is he? Name's Cello. Oh. Jimmy Cello. Writes a gossip column.
7: I read it all the time.
0: Huh? Yeah? Oh, hello, Jimmy. Well, 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 The
5: Broadway shamus. Who's the uh, lovely redhead, Diamond?
0: Helen, meet James Cello, but be careful what you say. Jimmy, Helen Asher. Uh,
5: Hello, Mr. Cello. How do you do? Is this an item, Rick?
0: If I don't get us a table soon, she's going to make me give back her sorority (laughs) picture. Oh, uh,
5: speaking of tables, I see some people I know. Uh, Nice meeting you, Miss Asher. Thank you. Goodbye, Diamond.
0: Bye, Jimmy.
13: Rick,
5: he's going over to see his table. Hello, Walter. Hi, doll. Hi. Hi, Well, well, good evening. What do you want, Cello? Oh, i just drop by to see how the happy little family was getting along.
0: Well, just drop away. Nobody asked you to stop by. Yeah, why don't you do that and take Oliver here with you? Nobody asked him to stop by Fred, either. keep your voice down. This is my table, and I don't like a lot of crumbs lying the all over it. Who's oh. a crumb? Come on, Lorne. I guess Mr. Sears has forgotten a few things.
9: I haven't forgotten a thing, Chella. When you print one thing in that lying sheet of yours, and I'll have you sued for life. Listen, Sears, if I did
5: print anything, they'd put you away so far, they'd have to pipe air into you.
7: Oh, do go on, Mr. Cello This is getting interesting You'd
11: better get out of here, Cello No, 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 go on, Cello What have you got an old money
8: bag? He's a lying, dirty gossip monger He doesn't have now,
5: a thing Wait a minute, I don't like that Why don't you ask your husband about North Africa sometime, Mrs. Sears? Why? Just
1: what a minute Stop oh, it! All right, now pick yourself up and get out of here, Cello yeah,
5: Maybe you're right I've got a column to get out It'll be all about you, Sears, in
7: big type.
5: Go on, get out
11: how oh, about me? You're gonna throw me out too? You can bet your life I am. No,
7: I'm getting out of here. You
11: stay right where you are. Don't talk that way to Mary. I'll talk any way I like to my wife. Lord, maybe you'd better leave. Here come the waiters. Now it's I'm gonna push this fat slob's face in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no,
10: I'm oh, no, all right, all right, all right. Come, come on, break it up, crack it up. Come on.
0: Hey, waiter, give me a hand. Come on. You... Take your hands off me, Diamond. Now calm down, Mr. Sears. I'll kill that slob, Oliver. You it's... shut up or I'll pull your pants up over your head and shove you in a glass like a breadstick. I don't like people meddling in my affairs, Diamond. I'm what? You heard me. Now take
9: your filthy hands off me.
0: Ah, well, you were Lily White before I palmed that check of yours this morning. You can have it back. Here, eat it. (laughs) What? I'll have you in jail for this, Diamond. Why? It isn't every day you get to eat a two hundred dollar check. Oh,
10: Rick,
13: let's get out of here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm
9: sorry, baby, but that's what happens
0: when you go to work for a hyena like Sears. You think he's a nice guy because he laughs so much. You find out later it's only because he chewed your leg off.
3: That
2: check would have tasted a lot better with some salt on it.
3: I'm not a big salt
2: fan. No. All right. The first portion, Richard Diamond, private detective with the Fred Sears case. More after these words.
9: Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolfe.
2: Thanks, David. It is 1137 here on WGN, and we're listening to Richard Diamond, private detective with the Fred Sears case. Here's the conclusion.
0: We left Sears still spitting out pieces of the check I'd shoved down his throat and headed for Helen's apartment. I was sore. When I get hot under the collar, I don't make for good company. So I dropped her off with a kiss and went back to my flat and climbed in the sack. I smoked a dozen cigarettes before I got to sleep. And when I finally did, it must have been with a big smile on my face. All night, I kept dreaming that Lauren Oliver and Fred Sears were beating themselves to death with hot paper sacks. Sunshine Market. Locks popovers are specialty. Now, you stop clowning and get over here right away. Walt? Lieutenant Levinson. Oh, wow. Where are you? I'm in your office. Yeah? What if any clients come in? Give them a good sales talk. Tell them how many people you've killed or something.
15: There's a guy in your office now. Prospect? Depends on what you're talking about. I think his name is Fritz
0: Sears. Uh, Tell him to go home. He canned me last night. I don't
10: think he'll listen.
0: All right, all right. So he's sore. Stop acting like an idiot, Walt You know I didn't have anything to do with it I know you didn't But we find a stiff in your office And we get a report that he fired you last night But you had a fight with him I gotta tell the commissioner something, Rick Tell him Sergeant Otis is teething Now you stop that No, what do you know about the killing? The coroner just left He said that Sears had been dead about eight hours The cleaning woman found him at nine this morning and called us Mm, That puts the time of the murder around 1 a.m. We found this clenched in the dead man's hand. What is it? An article torn out of the morning papers. Here, read it. Ah. Jimmy Cholo's column. Read it. All right. I will. Don't yell at me. Ah. Fred Sears, wealthy import-export man, is having troubles. He's finding it hard to explain about his past doings in North Africa. And at the same time, he's finding it just as hard to explain his wife's interest in the local playboy, nightclub owner Lauren Oliver. Ah. Yeah. He got so mad at the Stark club... Oh, I was there. I was there. He got so mad at the Stark club last night that he took a poke at your columnist... And then try to beat up Lauren Oliver. Will this lead to a rematch between Oliver and Sears? We're having a whole bunch of them picked up. Walt, Walt, before you do that, give me a couple of hours, will you? Try to dig up your killer. I can't. You know what we've got to do. It's routine. Well, the commissioner's already having fits every time he hears my name. Now, look, Rick. Walt, I got a business to protect. And if he finds out the stiff was killed in my office, he'll probably haul in my license. Yeah. One hour, Rick. That's oh. all I can give you. I got a job, too. Oh, thanks, Walt. I suppose you've got an alibi for one o'clock. Call Helen. We were toasting marshmallows. Well, I had three good suspects. Lauren Oliver, Cello, the columnist, and Mrs. Sears. One of the three was built just right for the electric chair. An hour isn't much time to dig up a killer, so I grabbed a cab and headed for Lauren Oliver's office in the back of his club. Yeah, I come in. How are you, Oliver? Oh, what do you want, Diamond? Not particular about who comes into my club. Oh, I'm surprised you can operate with that kind of policy. People probably see you in here every night. I think I'll have you thrown out. Wherever you at one o'clock this morning. None of your business. Herman? Yeah, boss? Come in here and show a guy out of my office. Oh, we get rough, huh? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll let you tell the cops who knocked off Fred Sears. Hey, this
9: is the guy, boss?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you
16: say someone knocked off Fred Sears?
0: That's right, but don't start crying about it. It makes me feel so helpless. I'll tell my story to the cops. They'll get a lot tougher than I will. You won't get tough at all, Mac. Oh, stop flexing, Herman. You'll snap your girdle.
11: Well, I guess it doesn't make much difference as long as Sears is dead. I was with his wife from about 12 o'clock to...
0: to well, it was a long time after one. Well, where were you all that time? At my place. Now, take a walk, Shamish. You got my alibi. One more question. Did you go out at all? Yeah, I went out and got the late papers. So what? I like to read. Okay, okay. You don't mind if I stop by and see Mrs. Sears, do you? No, go ahead. I'll see you later. Oh, Herman. Yeah? You can let the air out now. Your muscles are lovely. Well, Oliver had a good story if it checked. So that left me with two more stops. Jello's newspaper office was the closest, so I grabbed another cab, and ten minutes later, I was sitting at his desk.
5: Why, oh, you don't think I had anything to do with it, do you, Diamond? Wherever you had one this morning. I was covering a party at Richard Gray's. I was with friends from about 11 o'clock till after three. You can check. Go on, check.
0: Look, poison pen. Sears had your column from the late edition clenched in his hand. He, he did, huh?
5: Well, you don't think if I was going to kill a man, I'd leave anything like that around?
0: I don't know. Well, obviously, someone is trying to make it
5: look like I did it. Have you talked with Oliver and Sears' wife?
0: Oliver's got an alibi, and I'm headed for Mrs. Sears' place right now. You know the address?
5: Yes, yes. 45 East 65th. But Mrs. Sears couldn't kill her husband. I know it too well.
0: No? Well, thanks, Cello. I'll check your alibi. If it stands up, then I'll have to really go to work on Mrs. Sears. Yes? Mrs. Sears? Yes. Yes? Oh, you look even better up close. What's on your mind? You mean right this minute?
7: Well, aren't you nice. Don't crowd me, though. I can keep up a pretty good average in this league.
0: I'd say about a thousand. Mm-hmm. May I come in?
7: I think so. If you keep talking, I like to hear nice things.
0: Well, you deserve them. But I can think of some nice things to say about a panther.
7: We'll talk about my family some other time. Can I buy you a drink?
0: It's a little early, unless you got some milk. Milk? Where's your husband?
7: Oh, you know about him, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. He's looked as though it might work into quite a friendship. Where is he? I haven't seen him since last night. Why? Is he a friend of yours?
0: He's been using my office. Oh? Yeah. yeah, He died there last night. What? Everybody is so surprised.
7: But uh, how? Who did it?
0: That's what I'm trying to find out, lover. Where were you at 1 a.m.?
7: That's none of your business.
0: Okay. Let the law drag it out of you. Goodbye, dear. Uh,
7: Wait a minute. All right, I'll tell you why I was with a man named Oliver, Lorne Oliver.
0: Oh, for how long?
7: From about 12 o'clock to, well, much later.
0: That's what Oliver says. Did you go out at all?
7: Just to get the papers.
0: That checks with Oliver's story, too. Did you go out alone?
7: I, uh, uh, no, I, I went with Lorne.
0: He says he went out alone.
7: Oh, well, yes, yes, he did.
0: I thought you said you went out with him.
7: Well, that was later. Lorne was the one that went out to get the papers.
0: Okay, what time is it? Oh. Uh,
7: About two When
0: you both went out Or when Lauren went out To get the papers by himself
7: Uh, When Lauren went out
0: Oh, yes Now, now I see Well, I'll I'll see you later
7: I'll come back again
0: Oh, I'll do that After you get over crying For your late husband
7: I'll keep my emotions Down to a minimum
0: I'll bet you will I left her standing In the middle of the room Looking after me Like a vegetarian With an eye on a green salad I closed the door And started down the hall For the elevators for some reason, I never seem to get where I'm going. Hello?
9: Hmm. Oh. Now, while you're still tuned in, Diamond, I'll give us some advice. Stay away from Mrs. Sears. Now, I want you to be sure and get the point.
10: Rick.
9: Rick, come on, snap out of it. Oh. Oh, go away. Come on, you don't look so good.
0: Uh, It matches the way I feel. Oh, here's a new line. Where am I, Walt? In Mrs. Sears' apartment.
7: Hello, handsome.
0: (sighs) She heard the scuffle in the hall, came out, found you, and called me. Swell. Who did it? I didn't see him, but his voice sounded like a thug that Lauren Oliver keeps around, the patty cake with.
7: Oh, that was probably Herman. Lauren is so jealous.
0: (gasps) Well, your hour is up, and now I'm going to haul them all in, including this Herman. Oh, do you know Herman, Walt? Sure, Herman Sharp. Got a record a mile long. Walt, if a guy wanted to hire a killer, where would he go? You know all the stoolies as well as I do. Now, Mrs. Sears, what was the fight about last night at the stork?
7: Oh, a columnist named, named Cello threatened my husband that he was going to print something in his paper. He said something about North Africa, and Fred hit him.
0: North Africa? This is really getting mixed up. Was your husband ever in North Africa?
7: Yes, during the war. He was a captain in the army.
0: Walt, can you get me this Herman Sharp's address? He's the boy I want. Sure, but I'm coming along. Have your boys pick up Cello, Oliver, and take them both down to the station along with Mrs. Sears here.
7: Well, you don't think I had anything to do with
0: it, do you? I've known Jimmy Cello a long time. About five years ago, he used to run around with a little dancer named Mary Carroll. Sure
7: he did. I'm Mary Carroll, but I broke up with him when I met Fred.
0: Yeah, well, you'll see him at the station. You can pick up where you left off. Come on, Walt. <laughs> We went down fast and climbed into the prowl car. Walt put in a call and got Herman's address over the two-way radio. Twenty minutes later, we were standing in front of Herman's door. It was an old apartment house on the lower east side. I started for the door, but Walt had other ideas. Rick, we can't go in there. Why not? Because I haven't got a search warrant. Well, you got to go in if you want to crack this case. Not without a search warrant. Search warrant for what? To go in. What do you want to go in for? I don't want to go in. You do. Do what? Go in. Well, go ahead. I haven't got a warrant. What are you looking for? Herman Sharp. He's probably in there. He is? Sure.
9: Well, what are we waiting for? Oh, what did I do that for?
0: For that. What? Herman Sharp. Oh. Ah, Is he dead? Yeah, been sharp. What are you looking at? Newspaper on the floor. This morning's. Ah, huh. show those columns missing, been torn out. Then Herman's your killer. Swell, who killed Herman? Don't you know? I'm not going to start that again. Well, go on back to the station. I'm going to check something and make a phone call. I'll be down in half an hour and point out your killer.
9: Come
10: on,
9: don't Now, calm down, calm down, everybody. This is
0: ridiculous. I want my lawyer. You'll get one later.
5: Relax, Oliver. They can't hold it much longer.
0: How do you feel,
7: Mary? I don't like this any more than you do.
0: Well, good afternoon, and happy Father's Day. Rick, where the devil have you been? Made a phone call to Washington, Walt. Mrs. Sears, did you know that your husband had a dishonorable discharge from the Army?
8: What, no. You
0: knew it, didn't you, Cello?
5: That's right, but I kept it quiet. He got it for running a black market.
0: What's this got to do with the death of Sears? Oliver, you told me you went out to get the papers last night. That's right. What time was it? Uh, A little after two. You know what time the late edition comes in. How about you, Mrs. Sears?
7: Uh, What Lorne says is correct.
0: How about it, Lorne? Were you the one to go out and get the papers? Uh, Yes. Uh, Then, Mrs. Sears, why did you tell me this afternoon that you also went out to get the papers? Well, I... Mary, don't say anything. You don't have to. The stories don't check, so you couldn't have been together last night. Look, Diamond, what is this... Oh, now you look, Oliver. You're both liars. But that doesn't make either one of you the killer. Oh, but Rick, Cello's alibi checks right down the line. Sure it does, because he was at that party... But the killer wasn't. Oh, we know that. He couldn't have been. Yeah, but the man who hired the killer to knock off Sears was. What are you talking about, Diamond? Oliver, where was your hired gun at last night? You mean Herman? Yeah. Well, I I don't know. He was with me until six o'clock, then he left. Walt, when you find Herman's gun, ballistics will probably say that it was the one that did the job on Sears. Herman? Yeah. Cello, you hired Herman to kill Sears, and then you killed Herman. you're out of your mind. I didn't even know this Herman. We found the newspaper next to Herman's body. It had your column torn out of it
5: doesn't pin anything on me. It just shows you that Herman probably stuck that article in Sears' hand after tearing it out of a newspaper.
0: That's, you. That's what you wanted to make it look like. You knew Herman. You knew about the clipping. So you killed him and tore the column out of this morning's newspaper.
5: Of course I knew about the clipping. You told me about it this morning in
0: my office. That's right. But you were the only one I told about it.
5: You couldn't convict Jack the Ripper on that kind of evidence. I'm
0: afraid he's right, Rick. Hello. <laughs> what time does the late edition come out? About two o'clock. Walt. What time was Sears killed? Around one. Say. Yeah, yeah. The killer couldn't have gotten hold of that column at one o'clock. The papers weren't even out on the street. Well, then how did he do it? Only one man could have gotten that column before 1 a.m., the man who wrote it. Jimmy! He tore it out of the galley sheets. The proofs that are made up before the paper goes to press. Cello hired Herman, gave him the clippings, and then went to the party. Oh, you're doing great, Diamond. Keep it up. You're still in love with Mary Sears. You were jealous of Oliver, so you hired Oliver's boy Herman, figuring the cops would pin Sears' murder on Oliver i am I doing? You're a good liar and a rotten detective. You knew I'd go to see Mary Sears, so you sent Herman to beat me up and make it look like Oliver was behind it. What? You tried to frame Oliver all along the line. Why, you cheap little scandal snooper, I'll fix it so you I'll don't blame anybody. Wait a yeah, minute. All oh, right, break
5: it up. Come oh, on. Break it up. Break it up.
0: Hey, Walt. <laughs> what is it, Rick? Bye. <laughs>
8: Good evening, Mr. Diamond. Uh, evening,
0: Francis. Miss Asherin? Yes, sir. She's in the library. She's a little tired from last
12: night. I, I think she's taking a nap.
0: Well, I'll walk her on my tippy toes. How about a glass of warm milk, Francis? I'm a little tired, too. Uh,
12: yes, sir. Right away, sir.
0: Well, look at the little baby.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, hasn't we been? Poor, little really tired baby.
1: The evening breeze Caress the
0: trees Tenderly The trembling trees Embrace the breeze Tenderly Hello, baby. Don't stop. All right. Could you read your eyes? Then you and I Came wandering
9: by wonder. And lost in all sigh were we Ricky The shore was
0: kissed by sea and mist tenderly Ricky I can't forget how two hearts met breathlessly
13: Ricky, come here
0: Your arms opened wide and closed me inside.
10: Ricky, come here.
0: Uh, What is it, dear?
10: This, dear. Mm. Mm. Here's your milk, mister. Oh,
8: my goodness. Now, this time I refuse to blush.
9: You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, High Aberback, Joan Banks, Pauly Bear, and Sidney Miller. Music was under the direction of David Baskerville. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards and directed by William P. Rousseau. Now this is Eddie King inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week. When we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective. This program has come to you from Hollywood.
16: This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
2: Richard Diamond, private detective. June 19th, 1949, the Fred Sears case starring Dick Powell. Also in that cast, Virginia Gregg as his girlfriend, Helen Asher, the rich Helen Asher. She had her own butler, Lisa. Oh. And, you know, Virginia Gregg was the voice in the psycho movie of, uh, of the mom, Norma Bates. You know, Norman! Yes. Norman,
3: get over here, Norman.
2: That was Virginia Gregg. She did a great job on that.
3: You sound just like her, girl. Uh, well, Pretty you. close. Thank
2: you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. All right, let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Ever been on a road trip and didn't know where to stop? BestOfTheInterstate.com is here to help you find the best destinations and attractions along all U.S. interstates. Head to Best of the interstate.com to plan your best road trip yet don't guess know the best best of the Lisa Wolf in our next hour the radio show that your mom was named after
3: yep that would be Phil Harris
2: <laughs> <laughs> her name is Phil
3: her name is Phil and their last name is Harris no right. um it's Alice Faye that is my mom's um Named that? I don't know. I guess that was a big deal then. I don't know how she got named after her Your grandparents
2: liked the Phil Harris and I, Alice Faye I show. I think,
3: or at least one of them did. They <laughs>
2: liked Alice Faye, and they were like, hey, yeah. we just had this... Uh, cute little bundle of joy. Let's name her Alice. Well, I'm not
3: sure that's exactly how it went, I but you can go exactly with that. I think it's exactly how it we're went. We're also going to be playing. I was there. You were there, and yeah. you know. Yeah. We're going to also be playing Real or Ridiculous, and we're going to be giving away some uh, tickets, some lawn tickets for Ravinia, so that's pretty exciting okay, cool. as well. Okay, cool. And uh, what else is going well, on? Well, and here? then our
2: third hour, Damon Runyon Theater, Bread for Battle, John Brown as uh, Broadway the Hood with a Heart of Gold. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stick around. We'll be here till 2 o'clock in the morning. It is time now for WGN News. Chicago stories told 24-7 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. It's midnight. Time for the news. Here's David Jennings. <laughs>
3: Ashley's in a romantic Let's mood. Let's
10: take
6: it
2: nice <laughs> and <laughs> slowly.
3: We did not mention it's that we have Ashley Bihan so producing the show tonight. What did we, Ashley? I don't know. I don't think I'm we here. did, Carl. That was an oversight. By I'm going to do it. Yeah. You. yeah, you opened the show. So it was your oversight, so I'm going to fix that. So we have Ashley Bihon filling in this whole weekend for Shante, World's
2: greatest producer. And we're
3: so happy to have you join the team. On the
2: world's greatest newspaper radio station. <laughs> Ashley Bihon is here. What's up, Ashley? How she's, you doing? She's adding doing some good. romance to the yeah, show. Yeah, I got yeah. Some, some I think robot. that was Sinatra. I think that was Frankie. Definitely. All right. In this hour, we have uh, Phil Harris and Alice Faye going back to 1953. A very funny episode. Then after that, the uh, – whoa, what was that? And then the Damon Runyon Theater from 1949. All of these great radio shows that you hear on uh, the WGN Radio Theater, all of these shows in perfect quality, no editing, never a repeat, available to you at the Classic Radio Club. And Ashley's mom is a member. She is a Classic Radio Club member. She's been a member for a very long time, right, Ashley? A very long time. She gets her CDs. She listens away. Your mom and your dad dad listen to the CDs? (laughs) They do. Every time they come in, she's like, I got another one. (laughs) That's so great. Yep. Um, You can sign up, too, folks. You can be a Classic Radio Club member, Lisa and I and Mike Costello. We created this club for our listeners. You'll get 10 shows each and every month sent to you on CD, on five CDs in a collector case. Or if you don't want CDs, if you'd rather have digital downloads, that's available too. Just go to our website, ClassicRadioClub.com, and you'll see that there's two ways you can join. You can join as a CD member or a digital download member. Check it out, ClassicRadioClub.com. Dot com be a member like Ashley Byhan's mom right? And so many of our listeners hundreds and hundreds of our listeners. Okay, Richard uh, see Phil Harris and Alice face coming your way but uh, first it's time for is it real? Or Is It Ridiculous? Brought to you by Cat's Pride. The
3: time has come. The celebrity is Robin Williams. And we're going to be giving away a pair of lawn tickets to Ravinia on July 21st to see Ghostbusters celebrating his 35th anniversary.
2: All right. Well, call us at uh, 312-981-7200.
3: Right, or 312-981-7200. What caller would you like? We're looking for caller number five. Call right now, and we'll be right back.
10: Come on, baby. Let's get
2: Let's get ridiculous, Lisa. All right, we've
3: got Lulu on the phone. Hey, Lulu. Good evening. I love you guys, and I'm so excited. I'm so nervous
2: oh don't be nervous oh you don't
3: have to be nervous for me carl may be a little bit he's a little scary but i'm good it's
2: nervous talking to me i (laughs) I would be nervous
3: with him too um lulu we're so glad that you were caller five and we're gonna do a little real or ridiculous with robin williams you ready to go no forget it i just want to
2: no forget it i just want to talk to lulu lulu what's going on how are you how's it going is everything good Yes. L- listening to, Do you listen all every weekend to the show? Yes, I do. And I have my phone ready
3: every single week yeah. to hit the button when, for the contest, and I right. can't believe I got it just you, tonight. I you're set the going, right number.
2: You are going to Ravinia, and you're going to be under the stars, and you're going to be listening to music by...
3: Are you trying to take my hang job? Hang on a
2: second. It's uh, you know what, Lulu. He John Williams get is it? John Williams' no, orchestra? No, that's
3: wrong. Oh wait,
2: who's Ca- orchestra? Carl,
3: can you let Come me do on. my job and Chicago you do yours? Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Carl, yeah, I know who it was. Who is, is? it? Who All is right. it? Can you let me do my job and I'll do you. You do yours and I'll do mine. All right, you ready, okay. Lulu? All right, here we I'm go. Ready. Okay, number one. Good Morning Vietnam earned him an Academy Award nomination for Best Actor. Real or ridiculous? I'm going to say that was real. Real. It is real. That is absolutely correct. So, Oh, Carl. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. A little technical difficulty. I hit the
2: wrong button, Lulu. It's a lot of buttons here, Lulu.
3: Yeah, but that's not one of them. Number two. He appeared on the March 12, 1979 cover of Life magazine. Really ridiculous. It was March of 79? Yes.
2: I'm going to say it's ridiculous. It's probably all accurate, but it's probably not Life Magazine. It's probably some other magazine because she's very sneaky. So I'll I'll agree with Lulu. It's ridiculous.
3: Um, You've been playing this game way too long. You're absolutely right. But he was on the cover of Time Magazine in March of 1979. See how sneaky she is? See, that's how the game works. Number three. He and Steve Carell were in an unscripted cameo on an episode of Friends Season 3 real or ridiculous you know I'm sorry um what show was it that was I'll say the whole thing again he and Steve Carell were in an unscripted cameo on an episode of friends real or ridiculous and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that was ridiculous
2: I agree with Lulu it's ridiculous is it yes it
3: is ridiculous yeah and- you got them all right. Oh, and here's the thing. He did do one, but he did it with Billy Crystal, not with Steve Carell. So he actually did do that, but it doesn't matter because you, know you guys Lulu, got it right. You
2: kicked butt.
3: You, oh, can you say that on <laughs> the radio? Can.
2: B-U-T-T. Oh,
3: no. Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <fun. laughs>
2: she kicked it, was it.
3: so much fun. Thank yeah. you, guys. Well, you, you know what? We are going to give you a pair of lawn tickets to Ravinia on July 21st to see ghostbusters celebrating the 35th anniversary with the score played live by who carl
2: uh chicago symphony orchestra there you go
3: and you can join who um dean richards dean richards who will lead a pre-concert discussion you can get your tickets at Ravinia.org, but you've just won two tickets so congratulations and thank you so much for playing lulu you were a lot of fun thank you way to go thanks
2: lulu all righty, it is time for Phil Harris and Alice Fay from October 30th, 1953. This was a comedy series that starred singer-bandleader Phil Harris and his real-life wife, actress-singer Alice Faye. Came to NBC Radio in 1948. They played fictionalized versions of themselves as a working showbiz couple raising two daughters. And Elliot Lewis played Phil's best friend, guitar player Frankie Remley. Usually, he got Phil into hot water. And Walter Tetley, who played Leroy on the great Gildersleeve was obnoxious delivery boy Julius. It lasted until 1954. So let's go back to uh, October 30th, 1953. This is called The Romance of Alice and Phil, part one of the Phil Harris and Alice Fay show. Juliet had a Romeo, Aphrodite
9: had her Paris. But just how lucky can you get? Here's the one and only, Harrah.
1: <laughs> RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music and first in television presents the Bill Harris Alice Faye Show. <laughs> Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show, transcribed, written by Ed James, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, John Hubbard, Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, Walter Sharfney's music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Tonight's rare treat is called The Romance of Alice and Phil, or He Was Only a Curly-Haired Drummer, But He Beat His Way Into Her Heart. stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Phil <clears throat> Harris and Alice Faye have been happily married for a great many years, and their love is as strong today as it was when first they met. Alice is madly in love with Phil, and Phil is madly in love with Phil. <laughs> right now, he's heading toward the kitchen with his mouth open, and is he going to sing again?
9: You're a lovely thing, Harris. And boy, how you can sing, Harris. You've got everything, Harris. You're modest, but it's true. On the oh, good morning, honey Good morning, Phil Hiya, Phyllis How's my little girl? Good morning, Daddy Don't forget Eat your Wheaties And you'll grow up To look like Ralph Kiner
17: <laughs> <laughs> And
9: little Alice How's my big girl today?
17: Good morning, beautiful one <laughs> Well You know something Little Alice
9: You're getting prettier All the time Wow
17: And smarter, too She wants you to fix her bicycle That isn't true My father's the handsomest man in the whole world, aren't you, Dad?
9: Oh, I wouldn't say that. Of course, I do have my share of savoir faire.
13: When I first met him, he didn't even have bus fare.
9: Alice, that happens to be a very old joke.
13: Well, you used to ride a very old bus. All
9: right, all right. Hey, honey, what do you got for breakfast?
13: Well, nothing. For about ten minutes.
17: Gee, that'd just give you time to fix my bicycle. See? What did I tell you? All
9: right, all right. Where's the bicycle, Matahari?
17: It's in the garage. Well, let's
9: see if we can fix it up. We'll be outside if you want us, honey.
17: Oh, thanks, Dad. You're so wonderful. You're so clever and strong and handsome. Come on. Oh,
13: she'll do all right, that girl.
17: (laughs) (laughs) Mother. Didn't Daddy really have bus fare when you met him?
13: Oh, of course he did, honey. I was only joking.
17: Mom, you know, Alice and I have been wondering for quite a while. How did you and Daddy first meet?
13: Well, it it was really very simple. Uh, Would you like to hear about it? Gee, I sure would. Well, um, I had just finished a picture out at 20th Century Fox, and my leading man suggested that we celebrate. And in those days, that meant dancing at the famous Coconut Grove. So that's where we went. Hello, Michael
15: Ah, good evening, Miss Fay, Mr. Cooper How many in your party, please?
13: Uh, just two Why, it's quiet in here tonight, isn't it?
15: We oui. business is, uh, well business is, uh, how you say, stinking LAUGHTER doing? Oh, fair, only fair. Is this table all right, Mr. Cooper?
13: Oh, this is fine, Michael, thank you. Uh, Tell me, uh, this is the same Harry Barris who used to sing with Bing Crosby, isn't it? It Barris?
15: Oh, his name isn't Barris, Miss Faye. It's Harris, Phil Harris.
13: Oh, dear, and we came all the way down. Who's Phil Harris?
15: Well, he's a young fellow. He's not too bad. Of course, he's no Guy Lombardo.
10: <laughs> Which one
13: is he?
15: Oh, he's the drummer, the curly-haired kid with the smile. Oh. The same as usual, Mr. Cooper? Uh, Michael. Yes, Miss Faye?
13: Uh, Michael, I think he's coming
9: over here. Well,
15: I'd just send him away. We can't have no, you... No, 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 let him come.
13: Might be very interesting. Well, as
15: you
9: say, madame. Good evening, Miss Faye. My... my name is... is Phil Harris...
13: So Michael tells me
9: Gee, you'll never know what a thrill this is I'm actually talking to Alice Fay. Uh,
13: Mr. Harris, this is Mr. Cooper
9: Gary, this is Phil Harris Oh, I'm glad to know you, Mr. Cooper I go to see your pictures all the time Yes, sir, I sure do Yes, sir Don't talk much, does he? <laughs> It was nice talking to you, Mr. Harris. Well, look, Miss Faye, I. I. Well, I mean, I don't want you to think that I'm I'm being fresh or nothing, but well, bold. But could could I come out and see you make a picture? Well? Uh, You'd never even know I'm there, honest, Miss Faye. I mean, uh, oh, could I, please? Well, um, call me at the studio
13: sometime,
9: huh? Oh, oh, oh thank you, Miss Faye. <laughs> So long, Mr. Cooper. I enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> Gosh, wait till I ride home and tell my mother I met Alice
10: Faye.
9: What's the matter with this bicycle, Alice?
17: It's a chain. It won't move.
9: Oh, yeah, I see it now. Here it is. You know what's the matter? The sprockets all... all uh, that sprocket there is all out of whack. Hey, hand me that screwdriver, will you?
17: Okay. Dad? Yeah? Phyllis and I have been wondering for quite a while about you and Mother.
9: What do we do now?
17: Nothing. We were just wondering how you met, that's all.
9: How we met? Oh, kid, didn't I ever tell you that? Ooh, that was a night that was a night your mother will never forget. <laughs> yes, Siri, You see, I just opened at the famous Coconut Grove, and your mother came down there with some movie guy named Snub Pollard. <laughs> In those days, honey, I was smooth, (laughs) suave, debonair, and on the loose.
15: Oh, good evening, Miss Faye, Mr. Cooper.
13: Hello, Michael. My the grow's really jumping tonight, isn't it?
15: Oh, jumping? Why, we've never had such business. It's sensational. It's colossal. It's it's Phil Harris, the new band leader. What a voice! What a personality. What a doll! <laughs> I tell you, Miss Faye, that curly haired kid is the greatest thing since Clara Bow. <laughs> No. Oh, wait till you hear him. You've never heard such talent. Oh, oh, here he comes. He's going to sing.
10: Oh, oh.
15: oh Miss Faye. Oh. Oh. Miss Faye, you better sit down. We've had so many women oh. fainting when he oh. sings.
10: Oh.
15: oh, he's going to, he's going to start. Sit down, oh, please. Thank you. Oh, if we could only keep him here
9: forever! Come with me to Alabama. Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and crawling hammy. That's what I like about the South. there you can't make no mistake. You wear those nerves. I'm never shaky. Hot to taste that layer cakey. That's what I like about the South. She's got baked ribs and candied yams. Those sugar-cured Virginia hams. Basement full of those berry jams. And that's what I like about the South. Hot cornbread black-eyed peas. You can eat as much as you please. Cause it's never out of seats. And That's what I like about the South. Ah, don't take one. Have two, they're dark brown. And chocolate, too Suits me, they must suit you Cause that's what I like about the South <laughs> Well, it's the way, way down Where the cane grows tall Down where they say you all Walk on in with that southern drawl Cause that's what I like about the South. It's down where they have those pretty queens Keep a-dreamin' Them dreamy dreams will let's eat them and in New Orleans That's what I like about this sound. <laughs> With all the news box back coat And the button shoes But he's all caught up With his eagles dues And that's what I like About the sound Here come old Roy Down the street Who oh, can't you hear Those couple of feet He would rather sleep than eat, and in a That's what I like About the sound Every time I pass your door, you act like you don't want me no more. Why don't you shake that head and sigh? I'll go walking right on back on, on, on and on and on. Honey, when you tell me that you love me, then how come you close your eyes? Did I tell you about the place called Duat, Diddy? It ain't no town, it ain't no city, just awful small, but oh so pretty with do what? I'm here to criticize I'm not here to sympathize But don't tell me those no good lies Cause a lying gal I do despise You love me like I love you Send me 50 PDQ Rosa red and violets of pink. I'm gonna get old 50 I don't think She's got backbones and butter beans Ham hocks and turnip greens You and me and leans, And that's what I like about the The town
8: You were great, Curly
9: Just great Ah, wasn't nothing Just my usual brilliant performance <laughs> Hey, tell me, Elliot How many swooners this time? 38
10: <laughs> They <It laughs>
9: fell like beer bottles at a bricklayer's barbecue
10: <laughs> Only
9: 38, huh? Next time I'll give them a full charge Wait a minute, Curly Hold it Here comes another one A blonde Where? A
11: blonde? Where? A blonde Crawling under the piano. Mr.
13: Harris, Mr. Harris, I've got to speak to you. I'm Alice Fay.
11: I don't care if you're the ever-popular Mae Bush.
9: <laughs> Get back in line and wait your turn. Hold it just a minute, Elliot. Just a minute. This one intrigues me. <laughs> you may come forward, Miss... What did you say your name was?
13: Faye. Alice Faye. I'm a movie star.
9: Curly, she's only a movie star. Why waste your time with her? (laughs) Tell me, my girl, have you been connected with our entertainment industry for long?
13: Well, I... I just finished starring in Alexander's Ragtime Band.
11: What would I tell you, Curly? A Dixieland outfit.
13: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Harris, I... Gee, I don't want you to think I'm being fresh or anything, but... Gosh... There are so few men around like you, and. Gosh, could I please have a date?
9: Curly. Elliot. I'll handle this. Elliot, do I have any free time available?
10: <laughs>
9: Where did I look at the book? Let me see.
11: Uh, first open date is. Uh, here it is. A week from Thursday,
9: from 7 to 8. Okay. Pencil Miss Faye in.
2: <laughs> Very funny episode of Phil Harris and Alice Faye. We'll get back to it in just a few minutes.
9: Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf.
2: It melts in your mouth, not, not in, in your, your hands. hands. Thanks, Roger. Are you talking that's, about Roger? That's why no one's coming here. <laughs> Twelve thirty seven. Thank you, Roger. You're and welcome. in this uh, hour, we will finish uh, listening to Phil Harris and Alice Fay. Then after that, it is the Damon Runyon Theater from nineteen forty nine. And uh, don't forget, folks, we're going on a cruise. Right?
3: I am. Are you?
2: Yeah, I'm going on a cruise. And Where are I'm, you
3: going, Carl? We are
2: going to go to Bermuda.
3: Right, what which islands are you? We heading um, to
2: Saint George and Hamilton.
3: That is correct. Ah, See, eh. and what is the cruise line? It's Oceana. Right, and what is great about yeah, it? I don't have Oceana. any notes
2: in front of me. I actually I'll so tell great you. About no notes. Oceana. Well, one of the great things about it, as your dad said when he was here last uh, two weeks ago, was that they are really. I think it was the just last weekend. Top notes two weeks ago. The top ship or 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 the top cruise line for food if you're a foodie like i am i love food oceana is the cruise line to go on
3: um, and they have great entertainment as yep. well. Oh yeah! And uh, they have a lot of amenities. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a casino, and they have pools and spas and everything Plus, you. Plus, we're going to be
2: entertainment because we have a trivia contest, a cocktail party.
3: I think classic we are. Radio
2: uh, reenactment, and
3: you've got Carl and Lisa, and we are built-in oh, entertainment be, we're right there. Have some fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm we're going to eat get together. Sp- we're going to get a spray tan. Go on
2: excursions it's together. Be great. <laughs> we're going to um, swim in the pool together. We're going to play ping pong. (laughs)
3: We're gonna go to the
2: casino. (laughs) <laughs> and right? we're
3: going to travel around Bermuda and apparently, I mean, I've never been to Bermuda, but it has a, a deep, uh, rich history there and there's a lot to do and a lot to see. And then of course, you know, you can enjoy the water activities and the hiking and the walking through, or you can just take it easy and do some spas and relaxation mm-hmm. or a combination of both. So right. I'm really excited about this. We're working with Keen Luxury Travel. It's K-E-E-N-E. And... Um, I have their phone number. If you'd like to give them a call, learn more about it, check it out on the website or give them a call at 800-856-1155. Or you can go to our website, wgnradiotheater.com. Scroll down a little ways, and there's a banner for it uh, for our cruise. Click yeah, on it click and it. get some more information now, there. Now, this
2: starts at only eleven ninety nine per person. It includes gratuities and free Wi-Fi. It's an amazing price. We were able to get this uh, group rate because we're taking our listeners with us. So we got an amazing, amazing price from Oceana on the... Uh, this amazing ship that has been completely re- renovated right
3: right and most importantly we are leaving on August 1st of 2020 so one year from August right so, plenty so not of time this August to plan ahead but and uh, book now. get ready for your bikini be
2: part of our cruise that we're yeah. going to have it's a classic radio cruise just go to our website WGN Radio Theater click the banner one more time with the telephone I just said number that. oh you yeah. want
3: the phone number yeah. 800 yeah Eight five six one All right.
2: Come on. Join.
3: Let's do it. Join Have us some fun.
2: in Bermuda. All right. Let's get back now to the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show.
13: <laughs> oh, bless you, Mr. Harris. You mean
2: for the whole hour?
9: Yes, yes, the whole hour. I happen to be in a very jovial mood. Blondie. Yes. You'd better check with me from day to day.
13: Check with you?
11: Correct. At all times, Mr. Harris reserves the right of cancellation.
17: <laughs> Mother. Yes, Phyllis? Did Daddy call
13: you at the studio? He did better than that. One day when I was real tired, he even talked me into a date. And did your Uncle Willie ball me out? He was fit to be tied. <laughs> What can
6: you be thinking of? Alice, how can you possibly let yourself stoop so low? Oh, Willie, stop being so dramatic. Dramatic? I have every right to be dramatic. I could understand you going out with a a bassoonist or a harpist, but a drummer... (laughs) He isn't a drummer, he's a singer. I've heard him sing and he's a drummer. (laughs) And why are we going to his house, pray
13: tell? Now, look. Look, Willie, we'll he will be there any second. And if you can't be cordial, at least be polite. Polite?
6: How can you be polite to a southern fried ham hock? <laughs> I tell you, Alice, this is going to ruin your career.
17: But ruin it! <laughs> And did you meet Mom's family?
9: Did I? Did I meet her family? And were they ever nuts about me? I
11: don't know, Curly. If you're gonna lower your standards like this and go out with anybody... She ain't anybody. That's what I said, a big blonde nothing. (laughs) And
9: you're giving her a whole hour... I'll answer the door Wait until it finishes the phrase That happens to be my theme song Okay, now open it I'll get it, Curly
11: You give Greta Garbo and Joan Crawford the brush But you waste a whole hour with this kid
9: Will you please open the door? It's criminal
6: That's what it is It's criminal
13: Hello, Mr. Lewis. Is is he here? Wait a
9: minute, not so fast. What's
6: this?
13: Oh, oh, this is my brother William.
6: Good evening, Mr. Lewis. What you bring him for? Well, I. Mr. Lewis, I've heard so much about Mr. Harris. I love his beautiful voice. And I simply had to grasp this opportunity to meet him.
13: He'll only stay for a minute, please, Mr. Lewis. Please, 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 Mr. Lewis, please. Please, Mr. Lewis.
9: I don't know. <laughs>
11: Hey, Curly. Tut, tut.
9: It's okay, Elliot. Let them in.
11: <laughs> you may go in, but don't get too
6: close.
10: <laughs> oh, thank you.
6: <laughs> Mr. Harris, you'll never know what this means to me. Look, Roy, I can
9: only give you a few minutes. Speak up, please. Let's have it. Come right <laughs> out.
6: Mr. Harris, oh, I, I hardly dare ask, but but... I have your autograph. Autograph, (laughs) Mr. Faye. How dare you? But but all I need is his, and and then I'll have the big three.
9: The big three:
6: Washington, Lincoln, and you.
9: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. George and Abe. We do make a prerogative trio, don't we?
10: <laughs> Will you, Mr. Harris?
9: Please? I'll think about it. Just leave, uh, leave the book there on the table. I'll think about it. <laughs> Elliot. Yes, sir? Tell the girl she may approach me. <laughs>
11: Miss Fay? Yes? You may approach Mr. Harris, and
9: remember, look,
11: don't touch.
10: remember, <laughs> um, Mr. Lewis.
9: Good evening, young lady. Oh. What say we spend an idle moment or two perusing the treasures of my library?
13: Oh, Mr. <laughs> Harris, I've never seen so many books.
9: You are right, my dear. I'm crazy about books, especially green ones. <laughs> Matter of fact, only yesterday I said to Elliot, I said, Elliot, we ought to get another couple of yards Of green books I'm nuts about culture
13: Oh, Mr. Harris, there's one thing I don't understand What do you see in
9: me? Possibilities, my dear (laughs) Possibilities Because You are so wonderful So marvelous So gorgeous So divine Oh! Now you did it, Curly. She's out cold. (laughs) You and your voice. Doggone it, I keep forgetting. Now what are you going to do? Well, you'd better call Greta and Joan. No sense wasting the rest of the hour.
13: I wonder what they're doing out there. Can't take this long to fix a bicycle.
17: Mother, did Daddy propose to you on your first date?
13: No. No, I I think he waited till our second date. He said a beautiful voice like mine needed a background of sea and sky. So he took me sailing in his boat. Oh, it was a beautiful night. There was a big moon and a million stars. As we sailed along, I sang to your father. Why
1: don't
9: we go? Walking
10: tonight while the moon is shining, the lovely light
9: you can tell at a glance.
3: It's a night
13: for romance. The night is young, skies are clear, and if you wanna go walking, dear, it's delightful, it's delicious, it's delightful. I understand the reason why. You're sentimental, cause so am I It's delightful, it's delicious It's de- lovely You can tell At a glance What a swell night this is Romance you can hear Dear Mother Nature murmuring low Let yourself go So please be sweet, my chickadee And when I kiss you, just say to me It's delightful It's delicious, it's delectable It's delirious, it's dilemma, de- It's delimit, it's de- it's deluxe, it's de- lovely.
9: It's delightful, it's delicious, it's delectable, it's delirious, and the night is
1: young. The skies are clear, and if you wanna go
9: walking dear, it's
1: delightful, it's delicious, it's lovely. I
9: understand the reason why you're sending a man because so am I
10: it's delightful, it's delicious, it's de- lovely.
13: You can tell at a glance what a swell night this is for romance. You can hear Dear Mother Nature murmuring low.
10: Let yourself go. So please be sweet, my chickadee. And when I kiss you, just say to me.
13: It's delightful, delicious, delectable, delirious.
10: It's dilemma, it's delivered, it's deluxe, it's deluxe.
9: Oh, Miss Faye, that was divine. Phil? Yes, Alice? You told me you had a boat. Well, what's this, a banana peel? <laughs> you know, they don't make canoes like this anymore. Sassafras bark.
13: Well, it's beautiful, Phil. But then everything's beautiful. It's a beautiful night,
9: a beautiful moon. Hey, Elliot. Yeah, Curly? Could you play us some... Romantic mood music. Happens to be my business, Curly. Alice, Miss Faye, there comes a time in the life of every man when he gives his heart to another. And as the wild waves beat on the rocky shore, it seems... Elliot, can't you play anything better than that? Stop
11: it! I can't help it, Curly. Julius keeps splashing water on a banjo.
14: (laughs)
9: Julius, will you cut it out?
14: I gotta keep paddling, don't I? (laughs) You think this garbage scow is moving by itself? (laughs) (laughs) Well, stop
9: splashing water on Elliot's banjo. He can't play.
14: This I grant (laughs) you and let a barracuda nibble on the G-Street.
11: <laughs> you keep rowing, you little creep, or I'll flatten your head and use you for a paddle.
14: Music, he calls it. I hate better music when the old man backed into the fuse box. <laughs> Alice. What home? What timber? Me fire's the only living grocer to hit the sea above high noon. <laughs> Down.
13: You, you just paddle, paddle, will you please?
14: Music. A nickel cigar box and a broomstick, and he calls it music.
9: You
13: were going to say something, Phil?
9: Oh yes, honey. Alice, Alice, my dear. Wait till I get tuned up, Curly? <laughs> Never mind.
10: <laughs>
9: I'll try it a cappella.
10: <laughs>
9: Whatever that means. Alice. Yes, Phil? Honey, I, I'm no good at speeches, but will you... No!
14: We didn't ask you, you little fake! Fain... <laughs> 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 no more, Miss Faye, please! Why, Julius, Think I... of the future! The horrible future! <laughs> day after day, night after night! Nothing but harmony grits. <laughs> Elliot. Fried harmony grits. Baked harmony grits. Stewed harmony grits. I'll get them, Curly. Grits to the right of you. Grits to the left of you. volleyed thunder. <laughs>
9: <laughs> Go ahead, Curly. Alice. Yes, Phil. Alice, I... Yes? Could you... I mean, if I... If you... Phil Harris, are
13: you proposing to me... <laughs>
10: Curly's
9: beginning to bite, Alice. <laughs> Alice, will you marry me?
13: Now that you mention it, uh, I'd be glad to.
9: Hey, there you are, Alice. I guess that takes care of the bicycle. Now we'd better go in and see about breakfast.
17: But Dad, you haven't finished the story. When did you and Mother become engaged?
9: Oh, well, that came a little later. Would you like to hear about it?
17: Would I? Was it romantic?
9: Was it romantic? Errol Flynn's been using the technique ever since.
10: <laughs> you see, honey, in
9: them days, I had a yacht anchored off Catalina.
10: <laughs> Nothing
9: spectacular, you know, just a simple little 300-footer.
10: <laughs> anyway,
9: one night I was sitting on the poop deck with your mother. <laughs> and Elliot was playing his guitar. <laughs> Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? Naturally, I composed it.
10: <laughs> and the moon.
13: Isn't it
9: beautiful? I can't see it.
10: <laughs>
9: Elliot. <laughs> yes, Admiral?
10: <laughs>
9: Tell the captain to turn the boat around so I can see the moon. <laughs> right, sir. right away, sir. And Julius.
14: Yes, Master?
9: You've stopped fanning.
14: Forgive me, Master, but I forgot myself. I sit here looking at your gorgeous profile and nothing else seems to matter.
9: All right, Julia.
14: When I look at that curly hair, them curly teeth, them eyes that sparkle like two rubies in a setting sun.
9: I said, All right.
14: Shoulders like twin rocks of Gibraltar, arms like the twin pillars of Hercules. Julius,
9: stop kissing my hand. <laughs> it ain't sanitary.
14: Mr. Harris, beautiful Mr. Harris, will you do one little thing for me? Just one little thing. What is it, Julius? Fice you have to promise. You'll do one thing for me, won't you? One puny little thing. All
9: right, Julius, I promise. What is it?
14: Marry Miss Fay.
9: Marry Miss Faye!
14: You promised. I'm a witness. But I
9: never said that. You I... said
14: you'd do anything! And I pick
13: marriage. Oh, <laughs> Phil will be so happy.
14: We're all so happy. Now I can be close to him always.
9: Trapped. <laughs> and I'm so young. <laughs>
17: Uh, if they don't hurry up with that bicycle. I... You know, Mom, there's one thing I don't understand. How could Julius.
9: Well, we got the bicycle all fixed, Mom. How are we doing with breakfast?
17: I'm starved. Well, Phil, while you're in a fixing mood, uh, let's go out on the
9: service porch. Honey, can I even have my coffee? This will only take a second. Of, huh?
17: Phyllis, what did you find out? Nothing. It was all about canoes and Julius and stuff like that. Me, too. Only I got a yacht and a fast course if that's what I like about the South. Well, what are you going to do? You got to expect that from parents.
9: We're a little late, so good night, folks. You've been wonderful.
1: Included in this program transcribed was Peter Leeds. The part of Julius was played by Walter Tetley. This has been an NBC Radio Network presentation.
2: And that is the Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show, October 30th, 1953, How Phil and Alice Met had the uh, great pleasure of interviewing Phil Harris one time. What a, what a treat that was for me. I mean, here's Phil Harris, who was for years on uh, the Jack Benny program. He had his own regular radio series, Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show, did movies, and, of course, married to the great Alice Faye. And uh, that is a very funny episode. Uh, Phil Harris and Alice Faye, hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater.
10: Aruba, Ooh, take Bermuda, Come on, mama. Take
2: now that's a producer baby. for you right there. She heard us say Bermuda What does she do? She goes and finds a song with Bermuda in it That's a producer right there Ashley Byhan Now there should be some applause Ashley Byhan We love minutes, having you
3: with us, We do, Ashley.
2: seven minutes after one o'clock in the morning It's our third hour Thanks for staying up late with us And in this hour, it's the Damon Runyon Theater. But before that, it's Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The celebrity
3: is Steve Carell. I've heard and of him. mentioned him before. 40 year old virgin. Yeah, funniest one of our movie favorites. of all time. And we are going to give away a pair of lawn tickets to Ravinia July 21st to see Ghostbusters celebrating its 35th anniversary.
2: All righty. So what caller? we're going
3: to go with caller number three. You can call in right now 312 981 7200. Play the game with or us. Or
2: you can call 312 981 7200.
3: Either one, but I would go with 72 hundred
2: seven two hundred
3: seventy two hundred
2: 7, all right call now we'll, we'll be, be right, back.
3: right back hey anthony hello good
10: evening
3: good good morning how are you
2: good morning good how about yourself
3: <laughs> terrific we're glad you made it through. hi anthony i am too hey All right, we'll do a little Steve Carell. We're going to start with number one. You ready, guys?
2: Yes. Number one. In
3: 2009, he purchased a library in Massachusetts to preserve it as a landmark. Is that real or ridiculous?
4: I believe it's real, but I think you might be playing with our heads by changing (laughs) the location again.
3: Hmm. Uh, Mm. I'm just going to
4: stick with real.
2: I'm going to say ridiculous. No, I'm going to say real.
3: Um, it is ridiculous. Oh, I did not change the place, but I did change something about it. He did purchase a general store. Um, I do believe it was in Massachusetts. Man, we're my so close. There. Yeah, well, it's oh, gone. God. At Number two, he was the first choice to play Michael Scott and The Office. Real or ridiculous?
2: Ridiculous. Ridiculous.
3: Ridiculous. Yeah. Do you know who was the first choice, Anthony? Do you have any idea? No, I don't. What would you what's g- I, give it a shot? What would you guess? Uh,
1: I want to say it was uh, Jim Carrey.
3: That would have been an interesting huh. choice, but what I read was Paul Giamatti, which it's really? very difficult to picture him in that role now that Steve oh, Carell was
2: way wrong. So
3: right, way right wrong. We've got it right this way. Number three, he received the Golden Globe award for best actor of a television series, musical or comedy for his work on the first season of The Office. Is that real or ridiculous?
4: I believe that's real.
2: I agree, real.
3: That is real. All right, so you did really well. Awesome. So, <laughs> we're going to send you to Ravinia. You've won a pair of lawn tickets to Ravinia July 21st to see Ghostbusters celebrating its 35th anniversary. The score will be played live by who, Carl?
2: Um, The Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Yes,
3: and you're going to join Who?
2: Dean Richards.
3: From our very own WGN's Dean (laughs) Richards, who will lead a pre-concert discussion. You can get your tickets at Ravinia.org. But you've won two uh, lawn tickets under the stars at Ravinia. So congratulations. Thank you so much for calling in this morning. There you. go, a
2: good time there. (laughs) Thank you, Anthony. Enjoy. Uh, All right. It is time for the Damon Runyon Theater. This was a comedy drama uh, that uh, was all about Damon Runyon, the newspaper man and writer, and all of his stories. Uh, These were short stories that celebrated the world of Broadway in New York City that grew out of the Prohibition era, and there were classic movies uh, that uh, were all about Damon Runyon's stories, including Little Miss Marker and Guys and Dolls. Well, Alan Ladd's Mayfair Productions, which also brought us Box 13, decided to create a radio series about Damon Runyon, and it, they were all told through the eyes of a hood with a heart of gold named Broadway. Now, these were the inside stories of some of the Big Apple's toughest, yet most charming perpetrators. You are going to love this. This is called Bread for Battle. It stars John Brown as Broadway, from May 15, 1949, Part 1 of the Damon Runyon Theater. <laughs>
18: Damon Runyon Theater. Once again, the Damon Runyon Theater brings you another story... by the master storyteller, Damon Runyon. And this one, Bread for Battle. And to tell it to you,
19: here is Broadway. Thanks. One night, I am standing outside Madison Square Garden... When I am approached by Milkyer Willie. Now I know that Milkier is very flat indeed. And since I catch a caterpillar that day at Belmont for a few pounds, I know what he wants. I try to get away, but Milkyer has very long arms and big hands, and I find myself inside them,
16: as he says, What is your hurry, Broadway?
19: I am just going inside the garden to witness the impending battle. Forget it. I do not wish to. I wish to see the fight.
16: Yeah? Listen, I need a pound note. Who does not? Loan me a pound. Why? I wish to go to Newark, New Jersey. Now I have an even better reason for asking why. Broadway, I got something real important, and I am going to let you in on it. I thank you, but I will stay outside. Listen, you wish to make yourself a sizable chunk of scratch? If it is a listenable proposition, then go to Newark with me, and I will cut you in on one of the greatest things that ever hits town.
19: Well, the upshot is that I let Milk Ear Willie talk me into going to Newark with him. And he has got to go in a cab, which I pay for. Now, this does not sound very exciting to me at the time, but what happens with a kid by the name of Thunderbolt Mulrooney, his mother, and his father, is a strange story indeed. And one which I will tell you
18: in a minute. And now back to the Damon Runyon Theater and the famous story, Bread for Battle.
19: Well, I and Milkier get to Newark, New Jersey and get out of the cab. Milkier is looking for an address. And as we walk along, he says as
16: follows. I got an idea to get me the greatest heavyweight that ever puts on a glove. Oh, yeah? You are going to raise him yourself? You know, it is very funny you say that. Because it is almost
19: what I am going to do. Huh. Well, since I give up my scratch to get us here in a cab, maybe
16: you will tell me. Sure. Look, Broadway, what happens with racehorses? As far as I am concerned, nothing, usually. I mean, how do they get racehorses? From other horses. That is right. They make sure the horse has got a good bloodline. They make sure he comes from a long line of racehorses, right?
19: Some of the ones I put my tour on seem to come from a long
16: line of dust knobs. Ah, that's because there is a flaw in the bloodline someplace. Now, I have... Hey, this is the place I'm looking for. Yeah, how do you know? I got the number on this piece of paper. My, my, how smart can you get? It is nothing. I think of it easy. Come on, let us go in, and I will show you something that will make you a million.
19: I and Milkier go up the stairs of a nice little house with flowers growing in front. Personally, I think Milkier is losing some nails out of his attic, because he is once a fighter. And I hear tell that he has great training for other fighters who wish to harden up their hands. However, that is beside the point. Because when we knock on the door, a great big red-headed guy looks out and yells...
14: "By all that's good and proper! (laughs) Mickey and Willie! (laughs) Seamus Mulvoney, how are you? (laughs) Fine and dandy!
12: (laughs) And
16: Broadway! (laughs) Well, now, this is a surprise! And a good one! (laughs) Hey, come in, come in, come in! Ah, it is a long time since I see you, Seamus. Ah,
8: that it
9: is, that it is.
16: Maybe, uh... Nineteen years. Yeah, that long, I guess.
12: And you, Broadway, uh, you're looking well. So are you, Seamus. I keep it, I keep it. (laughs) Here, stop this one, Milky. Milky.
16: Milky. (laughs) Come on. Hey, get up, get up. (laughs) My mind, nothing changes, does it? Are you all right, Milky? The buzzing will go away in a minute. I'm What's
14: all this racket? Shameless oh, woman, Bridget, heaven, are you my la-
16: darling, you remember Milky Willie,
14: and Broadway. That I do. How are you? Just fine,
8: Bridget. Well, you are just as pretty as ever. Ah, Go along with that, Blarney. Uh,
12: got some
16: tea for the
8: boys, Bridget. <laughs> sure, sure I have. <laughs>
10: Be back in a minute with it.
16: Oh, never a man had a wife like Bridget. I remember the time she puts the blast on Big Sam. She hits almost as hard as you, Seamus. Yeah, yes. I could have been heavyweight champagne,
12: but for breaking me hands on O'Shea's head that night at the old garden...
16: Yeah, I'm in a prelim that night. What a fight that is between you and O'Shea. Ah, yes. Well, it's gone by the boards now. Eh, hey, but sit down, boys, sit down. Sure. Thanks. Now, what'll we talk about? Old times? Seamus, I have got a proposition. You got a son. Two boys. Oi. Two boy. And one of them is about 19 now? Yes, yes, 19 just a week ago. Yeah. Seamus, you and Bridget are both great ones in a fight. So, your son comes from a fighting family. He is bred for battle. So that is what you are thinking. Why not? If it works for horses, it has got to work for people. Uh,
12: milky here.
16: Yeah? I, I don't know. I don't know. You mean you do not want your son to become heavyweight champ? I give me eye teeth to see him, champ. Uh, but...
12: But what, Seamus? Well, are you sure you're talking about Raymond? 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 That is his name? Yes, it was Bridget's ID.
16: We will change it. Oh, but, but, Uh, are you sure you mean him? He is 19? Yes. It is him.
14: It is who, Milky? Your son, Bridget. What about my son?
16: I figure he is a great fighter because he comes from a long line of fighters. Oh, yes. Me,
12: me father, his father before him, and me great-grandfather was a holy terror. Sure. You're
8: not thinking of making a fighter out of Raymond? Why not? I won't have it. You won't. He's my son, too. All the more you should want to see him live longer. He's a mollycoddle. Because he's not everlasting punching somebody in the head, he's a mollycoddle. Morning around play playing the pyre.
12: What kind of life is that for a molly? Hold
8: your tongue, Seamus Mulroney. I'll
12: not hold me tongue. By all that's good and proper, I've held it long enough. Where Raymond's He He's
8: a fine, sensitive boy. Molly Carter. Seamus. Hello. Is anything wrong?
12: This? This is Raymond? Yes, this is Raymond.
8: Raymond, darling. I'm sorry I'm late, Mom, but, well, there was a concert. I, I went to hear it. Concert? No, there you are, Broadway. Bill Gear. there's me son Raymond. What's the matter, Dad? Nothing. There's nothing wrong, darling.
12: He's 19 and she calls him
16: darling. When I was 19, I was hauling bricks on me back, and when I was 20, I was fighting the best of them. Look, maybe Raymond is a little on the lean side now, but I can train him and get you a
8: champ, Seamus. Hey, wait a minute. Are you talking about me? Sure, kid. The next heavyweight champ. But I can't fight. Ah, we'll learn you. In a couple of months, no. you'll be the... To... No, I won't do it. Well, I guess that is that. It is? Now no more talk of fighting in this house. Hold
12: it a minute. Bridget, you seem to forget I'm the man of the house. You're a fine wife and a wonderful woman. But I am still the man of the house.
8: You're talking quiet now, Seamus.
12: Aye, which means I mean what I say. Raymond. What, Dan? I love you, and you're me son. But I want a son to be proud of. I want people to say, There goes Seamus Moroni's boy. And I want them to say it with a sparkle in their eyes, not a laugh in their throats to make me ashamed.
8: I'll make you proud of me, Dad. I want to play the piano. First you'll fight. I can't. Are you a coward, Raymond? Well, are you? I don't know. I don't know whether I am or not. Then find out. Not by fighting. I say you will. If you're a coward, we'll find it out now. Because playing piano or hauling bricks,
12: no coward ever got through life. Milkier. Yes, Seamus? I say, take the boy. Oh,
14: no, Seamus, please, no.
12: Bridget, darling, I said for Milkier to take the boy.
19: So Milkier takes Raymond and starts to train him. And he changes his name to Thunderbolt. Well, I am forced to admit that in a couple of months, the kid is looking pretty good and is fast on his feet. But I am never convinced that here is a heavy champ, because in the first place, he weighs only maybe 160. And in the second place, there is always a faraway look in his eyes. And personally, I do not care for fighters with faraway looks. Then it comes up one day, and we are in the dressing room at the gym, when Milkier says, Well, kid,
16: you look great today, just great. Uh Uh-huh. Does he not look good, Broadway? Sure, sure. Very good. Thanks. Now, I will tell you a surprise I got for you. You want to hear it? Sure, if you want to tell it. You fight next week.
8: You hear me? I say you fight next week. Fight? You mean I'm going to fight in the ring? I am not training you for a flea circus, kid. You mean fight another man? What do you think I match you up against, some doll? Next week? What? Oh, no, I, I'm not ready, Milker. I, I can't
16: do it. <laughs> nah, you're nervous, that's all. Everybody gets that way, right, Broadway? Oh, sure.
19: I see lots of champs so nervous they are hardly able to walk into the ring. Come to think of it, I see
16: some come out the same way. Don't say that. Hey, kid, easy, kid. After the first one's under your belt, you'll sail along, right,
19: Broadway? Huh? Oh, sure. Uh, uh, Milky What? I will take care of Thunderbolt here. You run along. What for? Do you not say you've got things to do? Sure. Well, you do them. I will see that Thunderbolt comes along later.
16: Yeah. Yeah, all right. So long, kid.
8: Take it easy.
19: You going to get dressed, kid?
8: Yeah, sure. Uh, Broadway. What? Huh? Next week. He said next week, didn't he? He says next week, yeah. Why? I don't want to.
19: Oh, maybe you will feel different later.
8: No, I won't. It wasn't so close while I was training. It It seemed far away. Maybe like I'd never get around to it. But now... Tell me something, Thunderbolt. What? Why do you not wish to fight? Because it's senseless and stupid. A lot of good guys are in the ring. Because they like it. Maybe you will. I don't like to think of hitting anybody. I I don't like to think of getting hit myself. I see. You think I'm a coward, don't you?
19: I will never think any kid of Seamus
8: Mulrooney is a coward. Just because he was a great fighter, I've got to live up to it. Don't people ever think anyone wants to live his own life the way he wants it? And you want to play the piano. Yes, and that's all.
19: It is a very funny thing. What is? I never remember Seamus ever being musical. Or Bridget. What difference does that make? None, I guess. Maybe no difference at all. But it, it just seems funny. That is all. And the more I think about it, the funnier it seems. And the more Milkier keeps talking about the kid being bred for battle, the more I think. Because it is true that he comes from a line of fighters, and yet... Well, just about this time, it seems to me, I remember something that happens a long time ago. And I do some checking up. And what I find out is strange indeed. And what happens because I find out is something I will tell you in a minute.
2: All right, that's the first portion of the Damon Runyon Theater from May fifteenth, nineteen 1949, Bred for a Battle with John Brown. John Brown was uh, Al on My Friend Irma, and uh, he was also Gillis on The Life of Riley. He does a great job as Broadway on these uh, radio shows. And it's interesting because Alan Ladd, was a big movie star, but he started in radio. He used to write for radio, did a lot of things in radio, and um, was on the radio as a as a disc jockey for a while. And he formed a production company called Mayfair Productions where he produced this show... Along with, um, Box 13, a show that he starred in. We play Box 13 a lot of times on the air as a good series. And, um, of course, this series, The Damon Runyon Theater. We'll get back to it in just a minute. In just a moment, Nostalgia Digest is a 64 page magazine filled with articles about the golden age of radio, television, movies, and music. And now, Nostalgia Digest includes the broadcast schedule for the WGN Radio Theater. One year subscription to Nostalgia Digest, four big issues, only $17. But if you uh, subscribe for two years, you'll get eight issues for only $30. And if you mention WGN when ordering, you'll receive a four CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas, a $27.99 value. Absolutely free. Just go to NostalgiaDigest.com, order a two-year subscription, and write WGN in the ordering instructions to receive your CDs with your first issue. That's NostalgiaDigest.com. All right, when we come back tonight at 11 p.m., do you have the schedule there, Lisa?
3: I sure do. We've got the Bing Crosby Show in Hour 1, and then Hour 2, we've got the New Adventures of Nero Wolfe.
2: You know. He has an e at the end of it. I know order. he does it wrong. He spells it W O L F E.
3: We just dropped the e at
2: Ellis Island mm-hmm. when yeah. you guys came over.
3: Yeah, they said just W O L F is enough.
2: Well, but he was a lot older than you, and he probably was like, "No, I'm not changing my name." It's probably,
3: yeah, that's probably what I should have said. I'm not changing it.
2: Right, but you were a little girl at the time, so you yeah. really you weren't argumentative back then as a little girl. Mm-hmm. But you just,
3: but things have changed as since you've then. gotten older. Gotcha. You've,
2: yeah. Gotten, That's for sure. Uh, a lot more argumentative. All right, so let's uh take a break for WGN News at 130 with Eminem himself, Roger Badish. Back to
9: WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf.
2: All right, well, we are listening to the Damon Runyon theater which was produced by Alan Ladd let's go back to May 15 1949 for bread for battle the conclusion to the Damon Runyon theater
18: and now back to the Damon Runyon theater and the famous story bread for battle <laughs>
19: Like I say, I find out something, but I never believed that anybody should talk about what he finds out, especially if he wants to keep on good terms with other citizens. However, I now like the kid and wish to save him a lot of trouble. So I asked Bridget Mulrooney to come see me because I wish to talk to her.
7: Why didn't you come to see me,
19: Broadway? Well, I figure maybe we would not be alone at your place. Oh? I, uh, I wish to talk to you about Raymond.
10: What
1: about him?
8: You know, he fights in a couple of days. I know. You do not wish him to. I prayed that something had happened to stop the fight. Nothing will stop it. He mustn't get hurt, Broadway. He mustn't. You love
19: him more than somewhat, Bridget. Yes. Maybe even more than your other kid, Terry. Why do you say that? Look, Bridget, when Raymond climbs through the ropes in a couple of nights from now, he will be scared. He will not have his mind on the fight. The ring is no place for a fighter who has got his mind someplace else. He has got to think only of the fight.
8: Why are you telling me this, Broadway?
19: Because I like the kid. I do not wish to see him get hurt. Maybe hurt real bad.
8: That's not all you want to tell me, is it?
19: I guess you know I know, Hubbard. I guess I do.
8: But all I know
19: is that a long time ago, a very pretty doll indeed falls in love with a guy. But her mother and father do not approve of this citizen, so she runs away with him. They get married upstate. Then the guy is killed in an accident. Maybe not more than a month after they get married. you got to tell me all that? You've got to make it all come back again? Like I say, the guy is killed and the doll comes back. Nobody but her mother and father know what happens. And they say nothing. Then along comes another guy. A guy who is in love with the doll. He marries her. But you don't know Oh, holy
8: mother, you can't know that Raymond isn't Seamus' son.
19: I do know, Bridget. Because it seems I remember that the young guy who is killed plays the piano very
8: cool. Oh. And what will you do, Broadway? What will you say?
19: I will say or do nothing, Bridget.
8: Then why did you tell me? Because
19: there is only one way to keep Raymond out of that room. I can't. Seamus thinks the kid is a coward. He is ashamed of him because he thinks no son of his has got a right to be scared. But if he knows... I
10: can't tell
8: Seamus. Not after 19 years. Why, he's a fine man, Broadway. I've come to love him so much I'd rather look on my own coffin than see him hurt. And it had hurt him like all the devils in Purgatory. And he'd never lift a hand to me or or give me more than a look. He's that good he is.
19: Then you are going to let (gasps) Raymond go into the (gasps) ring.
8: What else can I do? (gasps) Mother, oh, mother, what else can I do?
19: So that is how we leave. Then it comes up the afternoon of the fight. We are all at Seamus Mulroney's place in North. Seamus is very happy indeed, because he listens to Milkier say...
16: I tell you, Seamus, we have got a natural. He's as fast as a feather. Of course, I could ask for a little more beef, but a good light heavy is nothing to laugh at, is it, Broadway?
19: Huh? Uh, No, 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 I guess not.
16: (laughs) What's the matter, Broadway? You think you was the one to go into the ring tonight? (laughs) How do you feel, Thunderbolt?
8: All right. Uh, Look, uh, look, my boy. Uh, Stand up. What? Oh, what did you say, Dad? Uh, Stand up. No. Now, take your fight to Sashboy. Oh, look, Dad, I'd rather get some rest. Let the boy alone, Seamus. Oh, Bridget, my darling, I was just going to give him a bit of advice for tonight. He's he's nervous and tired. Let him get some rest.
12: Oh, the nervousness will run out of his fingers the first time he steps in the I
8: said let him alone. Now, please, please let him alone.
12: Now, what is eating, Bridget? uh, uh, She's as nervous as the boy. (laughs) She'll be all right.
8: I'm going in and lie down a while. Uh, Sure, sure. Uh, But before you go... Yes, Dad.
12: I am proud of you. Uh, there were times when I had me misgivings. But you're a true son of mine, a true son. Is that right, Broadway? Oh, sure, sure. He is a true son, Seamus. And tonight I'll be there, watching me on, son, making the name of Mulroney shine again. Mm-hmm.
19: I hear Seamus say that, I almost tell him what I know. But I change my mind, hoping that something will happen. It comes up that night, the kid is carded third on the bill, which is a good spot for any new boy. It seems that everybody remembers Seamus and will do anything for his son. Of course, this does not extend to the kid's opponent, who is as rough as they come. And it does Raymond no good at all when he hears the first bout ends in a knockout,
16: and he gets a good look at the boy who is carried down the corridor. Then it is in the dressing room. Now, remember, Thunderbolt, this guy has got a good left and likes to cross his right after a jab. So watch for it. And when he crosses, bring up your right. Got it? Yeah. Yeah, I know.
8: Take it easy, kid. It is only a fight. Sure, only a fight. Uh, What's going on out there now?
12: Oh, just another fight, son. Uh, Now, look, boy. Keep your
8: mind on the fight. You have got to think of the fight, kid. You have got to. Sure, sure. But my hands... Tape too tight? No, no. But is there enough on them? Will they get hurt?
12: yeah, every fighter hurts his hands. Yeah, but don't think of that.
8: I want more tape on him. Milker, I, I want more tape. I can't. You got enough.
10: Okay,
16: Mulroney, get ready. Hey, you. Yeah? What happens in the second bout? Hey oh. Garger
18: got took apart. Don't think he'll get him back together again either. Come on, Mulroney.
8: No. No, I'm not going out there. I'm I'm not going out there to get hurt to satisfy those those. I'm not going out, do you hear me? I'm not going to fight. Easy,
16: kid. The minute you crawl through the ropes, you'll be okay.
8: I'm not going through the ropes. Let me get out of here. Get out of my way.
16: Don't you move.
8: Oh, oh, Dad, I've tried. I've tried for you, but I can't. I can't do this anymore that I can hit
12: you. You're not a coward. You're not.
8: Yes. Yes, I'm a coward. If that means not wanting to fight, I'm a coward.
12: Sir, help me. He is yellow. Shut up, Nukia. Raymond, you're going to walk out of this room and into that ring. You hear me, boy? No. For the last time, you'll go.
8: No. I tell you I can't. No more than I could hit you.
12: Then, sir, help me. You'll have to do just that. I want no coward in my family. If you'd go in that ring and lose, I'd love you just the same. But if you don't go, then, sir, help me. You're no son of mine. I won't go in. Put up your fists. Put them up. Seamus, you are crazy. Keep out of this. This is between me and him. Put up your fist, boy.
1: Seamus, get away from
12: him. you go away.
7: Get out.
8: Put down your fists, Seamus
7: Mulroney. Put them down.
12: You have no right in here. You have no right to come between me and your my... Your
6: th- son,
7: Seamus.
12: I, my
6: son. Will you let him do as he wants, Seamus? Will you let him walk out of here as he wants to do?
12: No, He's my son, and I'll not see him. He
8: is not your son, Seamus Mulroney.
12: What are you saying, Bridget Mulroney?
8: I have said it. Now I'll tell you more. Something that should have been said 19 years ago to save the hurt I've got to do now. Look at him, Seamus. I look close at him and look at him while I talk to you.
19: And Bridget tells all she has to tell. Him. We listen to her. Raymond's face is getting all white and he keeps looking down at his hands. Seamus Mulrooney's jaws stick out of foot and his mouth works and the muscles of the sides of his face go in and out. Then Bridget finishes. And Seamus just looks at her and says
12: waited until now to tell me. Until now.
8: And may the saints forgive me, Seamus. Aye,
12: may they indeed.
8: The boy mustn't fight.
12: Aye, he mustn't fight. He mustn't fight.
6: Where are you going, Seamus?
12: Going. Home, Bridget. I am going home.
10: Oh, shame. Shame.
19: Uh, I guess we'd better cancel about. Yeah, I guess so. Sure. You you go along and do it, Milky.
8: I will wait upstairs. Mom. Oh, Mom. What, lad? Why didn't you tell me? Oh. Because I'm the one that's the coward. If you told me, I, I would have fought to keep from hurting him. Sure you. Would, but you are not a fighter, Raymond.
16: Hey, Mulroney, shake it up. Shake it up. This ain't no charity about.
8: Hey, you wait a minute. Yeah? Look, you tell I'll be up in a minute. Okay. Raymond, look, kid, your mother just goes through something real bad to get you out of this. I know. And Dad did, too. What are you thinking? He doesn't want a coward in the family. I'm gonna see that there isn't one. It's all I can do. Oh, son, no, don't. Broadway, come with me, will you? Once and for all, you are no fighter. You never are and you never will be. No. Anything can happen in that ring, especially now. Are you coming along with me, or do I go it alone?
19: I Yes, you do not go it alone.
8: Wait here. Oh, Please wait
10: here.
8: Come on, Broadway.
19: I will never forget that fight as long as I live. Neither will anybody else. I will tell you only that Raymond loses. But it is how he loses that makes me remember. He is hit with everything in the book. But he gets up time after time. And the crowd that is booing at first stands on its feet to cheer the referee tries to stop the bout a couple of times, but Raymond shoves him away with a look in his eyes that makes the referee think better of stopping him. Even the guy he is fighting can't understand, and now and then backs away just to look at the kid who never gives up. Then the fight
8: is over, and is in the dressing room later. Oh Ray. why? Why did you do it, son? Why? I'm all right, Mom. <gasps> My hands are all right. You to be Bray. And Broadway. I'm not a coward, am I? I didn't disgrace his name, did I? Kill me! There
19: is nobody in the world who will say that after tonight. And what we know is
8: just between ourselves. It's just between ourselves.
12: That's good. And I'm not a coward. I was never more proud of my name than tonight. Shame.
19: We think you go home.
12: I. I heard the announcement. I. I heard my name. I stayed.
8: You. You saw it then?
12: I. I saw it. Oh, let me look at you, boy. Shame. Ah, oh, it's all right, Bridget, my darling. Now, Raymond. Yes, Dad. I. I guess it's time we were getting you home, son. Bridget, and
19: their son, Raymond. And I am very happy. But that is not the end of the story. The payoff comes maybe a year later. And I will tell you about it in a minute. say, it is maybe a year later that I am sitting in Mindy's, when in comes Milkier Will. He sits down by me, takes half of my blitzes, and says as follows. You hear about me, Broadway? Yeah, yeah, I do. Seems to me I hear that you are now managing a very good lightweight. Uh-huh. Good, good blitzes. Wonderful. Why do you not buy some? Not
16: hungry. Well, anyway, like I say, I manage a very good fighter now.
19: You do not say it. I do. However, I am glad you come in, Milker, because there is a slight matter of finance between us I would like to clear up.
18: Hmm, or so? How's that?
19: One year ago, you touched me for a pound to get to Newark, New Jersey, to see about a heavyweight prospect who turns out to be Raymond Mulrooney.
16: So, what is the financial difficulty?
19: Since I advanced the fin, you give me a piece of Raymond Mulrooney As a fighter, I never see the fin again. I wish it back.
16: Broadway, you buy a piece of Raymond... That fizzles out, and so does your investment. We do not speak about lightweights at the time. Broadway, you have got to be very careful where you invest your money. Now I gotta go see my boy Terran Terry. Who? Broadway, like I always say, blood will tell. He is bred for battle. Who is bred for battle? Bridget and Seamus' son, Terran Terry Mulroney. <laughs>
18: And so ends the famous Damon Runyon story, Bread for Battle. Listen in again next week for. The Damon Runyon Theater. The Damon Runyon Theater, with John Brown as Broadway, is directed by Richard Sandville, and the story is adapted for radio by Russell Hughes. Bern Carstensen is in charge of production. This is a Mayfair production.
2: And that's the Damon Runyon Theater. At least, did you hear how Frank Gallup, the announcer there, used to say theater? He'd say ther.
3: That's how we say it on this show, too.
2: <laughs> the Damon Runyon ther.
3: Yes, I think we should start doing that, Let's do actually. That. Ther. I'm going to try it. Ready? Oh Yeah. The WGN Radio...
2: <laughs> that sounds good. Do it Thanks. again one more time.
3: I can only do it once. Oh, okay <laughs> Sorry.
2: The Damon Runyon... <laughs> oh, well, you um, keep
3: working on it.
2: John Brown. I can't do it as good as he did it, though. No, sir. you can't. Sir. You try it, Ashley. <laughs> <Sir>. <laughs> Damon Runyon... Sir. From May 15th, 1949... John Brown starring as Broadway. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio. All right. Well, uh, guess what? <laughs> We've, That's a wrap. <laughs> it's pretty much a wrap. Uh yeah, I have to have Elton Jim's microphone at one third what, what our microphone
3: He's just gonna stand in the back of the room. What he doesn't even need a about? he doesn't even, even need a microphone. I but, but, but you know what? There's been people when, texting uh, in, so Elton Jim is filling in for Dave Plier. So thing. we're gonna let that be known. When
2: Elton came out of the womb, he was he had a microphone. Screaming. He had a microphone. He didn't need
3: a microphone. He didn't <laughs> <laughs> need one,
2: but yeah. Drawn to it like a The doctors were the like Oh, my gosh, this guy, this little baby has a deep voice. Today, apparently, it's uh, David
20: Plyer's um, birthday. Oh, it is. is. I think that's why I'm filling in.
2: Is he 39 I did
3: not see that on Facebook. Yeah. Is he 39? Yeah,
20: he sent me a... Is this microphone on? I sound... No. Am I right? I have the microphone on. Uh, um, Yeah, no, he... uh, I got an email that said, oh, thanks for filling in as I... um, Celebrate my, celebrate 39th, my uh, 39th birthday. He said, he said it, so I'm not being... It's, it's on. It was on my Facebook. I guess
2: he's 52 today. You no. See? You see. 52. No way. Well, that's not what a, he says. Not a day over 39. You I was going to
3: say, not a day over 62.
20: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love? You know why I, listen, I love listening to this show?
3: Because why? you like Lisa and Lisa Carl? Wolf?
20: Right, well... Um... <laughs> With no E at the end of Wolf? <laughs> because it's a great drinking game show. For the weekend. The
3: WGN Radio Theater? Yeah. How wow. does that work? All you tell, have
20: to do. Tell. All you have to do is have a bottle of Jack Daniels oh, wow. and take a shot every time the word Gildersleeve yeah, is mentioned. You will get drunk within the first five minutes of the not, show.
3: Not tonight. So. Oh, my gosh.
20: I was driving in. Uh-oh. We said Gildersleeve? I was driving did in. we? And I hear you talking about Phil Silvers, or Phil Harris. Phil Harris. Yeah, we did. And, oh, right. and on you said you yes, he, he said, "Oh, and, right. and Tommy Bahama." That's right, Played Tom. somebody on <laughs> yes, the Great did.
2: Gildersleeve. And well, I'm like, take a shot. It definitely wasn't Tommy Bahama.
3: <laughs> <but>. Bahama, <laughs> <laughs>
20: Tommy Bahama, <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, take a shot.
3: So, so I hope you didn't do it while you, you were drinking, though. Yeah, no. I mean, while you were drinking. No, 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 no,
20: no. no. <laughs> it was, it was, a, it was an imaginary shot. But it's like yeah, <laughs> an imaginary shot. It was, it's like the Great
2: Gildersleeve is a constant. I love that. So you, f- you find any way to, to bring it- in. The, my brother can't stand the great Gildersleeve. <laughs> he, he's like, he'll say to me, hey, what's on the show tonight? And I'll be like, well, we're going to start things off with the suspense. Right. And then we have the shadow. Right. And then the great Gildersleeve. He'll Shot. be like, "Okay." I'm out. <laughs> then at one o'clock, I'll be done Shot. because I'm not listening to the one to two p.m. hour. And I love I love Phil Harris. Oh, Phil Harris. I, great. Lo- I interviewed I mean, him once. And you know what is great? As it was to talk to him on the phone, it was yeah. a phone interview, yeah. and how how excited I was. He was pretty crabby. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was kind of crabby. I mean, I hey, just remember you have
3: that effect on people. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> from what crabby. I was
20: from what was I was witnessing before the microphones went on, wow, he was a little crabby. But uh, no, I mean, I just I remember being a little kid. I mean, I don't remember. I don't know this is like in my in my DNA, but I was a little kid. I, I can't remember I can't believe I would remember this, but I loved the Jungle Book when it came out. Uh-huh. and I was born, yeah but I, I just remember I have the album. You, you were know, born the soundtrack album. so the movie came out in yeah, like with 60, microphone. <laughs> you were born 67 or 68, but I can't believe I would have I was only two or three years old. I can't you know or four. would you do you have memories? Yeah, from yeah. four years
3: a old?: few, A few
2: things. I have perfect I mean, recall from the canal yeah but he can't canal. remember what he taking did yesterday a left. taking a left at the Perfect cervix <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh Whoa. i see the light yeah but oh, i no. mean
20: i just i mean you know phil <laughs> harris uh you know in jungle book as
2: uh you know babu the oh yeah uh, yeah i just uh you know there was two the, of all the people uh, i've Baloo, interviewed sorry, all Baloo. of these great radio i got into this elton Way back when. I got involved in classic radio in like 1975. Mm, like 1975. And I had the great fortune, you know, because I've licensed all these shows. To, or the Great to, Gildersleeve. To, to great Gildersleeve, <laughs> To meet so Shot. many of these people. And not just people that own the shows. But like they mentioned Peter Leeds earlier. Well, I met him and interviewed him. And, you know, just so many people, right? And there, they were always happy to give an interview there was only two people two people that were crabby i mean if you're gonna Besides be crabby, you if you're gonna be crabby <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna be crabby why even give the interview right i mean right, right?
3: why why well,
2: agree know. to do the interview well they didn't crabby?
3: think it would be with okay. you know somebody Plus, by, crabby. That,
20: by that time too <laughs> phil harris has probably seen it all oh yeah so you know, he was like,
2: he was, kind of, he was not happy. Yeah, plus okay. he
20: felt like you know he didn't get his shot. You know? And
2: then the other guy that I interviewed, you may not know this name, is not that famous, Jackson Beck. do you ever hear of that name? No. Jackson Beck on the radio was the announcer on The Adventures of Superman, oh. and he was Philo Vance Detective and i interviewed him and he was just not yeah. not not feeling it the whole time i was doing the interview with him but yeah. other than that everybody else i mean i just love the bare
20: necessities with phil Hart. look for the to- Hey necessity. necessity, hey man cub. I mean, he was just so cool. He had that, <laughs> yeah, that voice. And
2: uh... well, his his big song, he he actually sang on this radio show. Oh yeah, show.
20: The, the love the South.
2: Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I love. That's what, what I, I like about, about the, the South. South. Yeah, yeah, that was his big hit, and he sang it a lot oh, yeah. on the radio. Yeah, sang it a lot. And
20: I had to, I had to laugh because you had mentioned how uh, you know oh, you know it was on in 1953. Yep.
2: And it lasted until 1954.
10: 54.
2: Oops. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it started in 48, though. Oh, it was, oh okay. yeah, it started in 48. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was on. It was on for a while. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for years, as you know, he was um, Jack Benny's. Yeah. You know, one of his foils on the Jack Benny yeah. show, and he was his band leader on right. the Jack Benny program. Yeah. And then there were a couple of people that got their own shows off of the Jack Benny show. One was Dennis Day. Oh, Dennis! He got the Dennis Day show. And Phil Harris, he got yeah. the Phil Harris and Alice Fay show. I'm trying to think if there was anybody else. I don't think so, but could be wrong. Yeah, I don't think uh, uh, Wilson got his own show. Don Wilson, Don. no. Oh, Don. Don Wilson, no. He yeah. was great on there, though. No, he was. You. He wasn't just an announcer. He was definitely, oh, definitely. part was of the. Pl- oh,
20: yeah, part of the whole
2: gang. Yeah, he was like you know? he was like Paul Schaefer with David Letterman. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No so tell us, uh, we since we've already encroached on your time here uh oh, what's we'll, on the oh, show we, we don't get to do roger baddish right away
3: what yeah, a shame no,
2: we'll go to we'll go to the uh, m&m the blue m&m
3: <laughs> he's he's waiting <laughs>
2: melts in your mouth not oh, in your
3: roger
20: hands. i'm
2: already starting we haven't even officially started yet yeah. tell
3: us what's on your show roger's okay yeah no uh
20: well we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> he doesn't have anything else to do just the news uh real quick though we're gonna, just gonna talk about um what what it's like to live in a if you do not watch stranger things how do you how do you survive in a world without in a world stranger if you don't live in a, in, a, in a stranger things world how do you survive because everyone else seems to be into it
3: Well there are so many shows like that and those are the ones that you know sometimes you just don't feel I watched feel. the first season the Same here Is I just watched seasons? the first season There's three now Now there's oh. three. that's my point
20: the third one just I'm, I'm way one. behind The third one just dropped on 4th of July And so now everybody's you know getting into the But Lisa uh, did you watch baskets this
2: uh I last certainly I did, did I, loved baskets. I
3: certainly did That's great it, it's so. That first. apartment is oh something the else. First. When his mom walked in and yeah, he was and touching the, the mirror, show.
2: the first episode, <laughs> like, he's like, "Mom, what are you doing here?" The first episode just touching the mirror. ever
20: when Louis San- when Louis Anderson, <laughs> yeah. on the first episode of the whole show ever. Oh my god! I saw the first episode. I said, "Louis Anderson is going to win an Emmy award." Oh yeah, this is yeah. brilliant, it's perfect. And even four yes. years, three years later, long, I don't even. Remember him as I watched his show as being a, a man. As a I man. man. No. unbelievable. I it, know. He is, I that agree is one with of the you. Great- Lisa interviewed I, I
3: talked to him recently. Uh, I've
20: interviewed him several
2: years ago.
3: Like during Basket, just this last year. Oh, yeah. And I saw his show in North Shore Performing Arts. And she didn't
2: invite me to that interview either. Of course not. I actually
3: did. I actually did. he's rough you invited
2: me to meet Luke anderson i I, I
20: said no next week you could do the bickerson's
3: (laughs) don't do it now okay okay not during your show blanche not during your show um he's something else yeah
20: yeah i love basketball.
3: we were talking just uh this week about brendan dassey's lawyer remember carl cool right from stranger things
2: yeah me and you
3: yeah on legal face-off oh we were yeah
2: i don't remember that first. on that okay. note roger roger, roger are you i must there? have had too much jack daniels today too. roger are you there roger roger uh, baddish uh, oh wait i have to Roger's do this going to boycott hang on a second. now that we're late hang on a second uh stay tuned he's for sleeping. elton jim he's up next chicago stories told 24 7 on 720 wgn chicago smart speaker users just say play wgn radio on tune in it's 204 it's time for news here's up, roger, roger baddish